Welcome to the Anything Goes podcast. Like that's how it's labeled on iTunes, the Anything Goes podcast, not simply Anything Goes. I was corrected on a message board recently, somebody questioning because they looked up trying to look up where my show was on iTunes, and I apparently gave them the wrong info because just saying Anything Goes, not the Anything Goes podcast. So I apologize for that. As you can tell, I am the host Timothy Rooney, and with me is a guest. Because every show I have a guest, otherwise I'd be talking to myself, and nobody wants to hear that. So, who's with me today? Dakota Wiegand, like always. How are you doing today, sir? Spectacular, Tim. That's fantastic, because we should be pumped. We should be amped. You know why? Why, Tim? Why? Because we're talking about a specific TV show, and not just any DC show. We're talking about, like I said, a TV show that's a DC show, and it's animated, <gasps> and it's about the Justice League. <gasps> we're not talking about Justice League. We're not talking about Justice League Unlimited. We're talking about... Hey! No. Oh. <laughs> Close. Because he does appear on the show. Supergirl? No. Flash. Definitely Flash. Close. <laughs> you, next you're going to tell me Gotham. No. We haven't gone down that dark road yet. <laughs> it's not of this earth. Ben was not. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, there's something that trolls me. Gotham. If it is there on Netflix, there's there that nobody is supposed to be deserved. Death is always surrounded. It's not of this earth. A solemn burying Gotham right there for you. No, we're talking about Young Justice, and we should be pumped for it because I feel like Ric Flair, and I'm just like, woo! And I'm like, Ric Flair is the style and profile, limousine ride, jet flying, kiss stealing, the wheeling dealing, son of a gun. And we're talking about Young Justice, so let's jump into a review of it right now! Maybe. <laughs> so, Dakota. Dakota. Timothy. When did you get introduced to Young Justice? Young Justice. It was probably, um... I'm trying to think here. Well, oh, we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> well, if you want to really, though, when I first came across the title That's why I asked of, the of Young Justice, yes. I was back, it was back in seventh grade, and uh, at the Sachem Library in one of the middle schools, they had a copy of uh, Young issue one of Young Justice uh, in the graphic novel format. Mm -hmm. So that was the first introduction, uh, introduction I got. It had Robin, Kid Flash, Superboy, and Artemis. Um, and it was really interesting. I love the art style of it. And I really cannot find it online ever. I've been Googling Young Justice graphic novel and nothing comes up. That's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because it would be actually one of those things where I want to have it. Even Fourth World doesn't have it. Really? Yeah. I bet you some guy on eBay is probably selling it for an yeah, exuberant I, amount of money. Exuberant amount, yeah. So, But 
that was so I was like, okay, that that comic was good. I mean, I was like a kid, so I probably didn't really understand exactly what was going on in it. Right. So, you know, years go by, and then like I think last year I came across this show, Young Justice, on Netflix, and they already had two seasons. So, and I was doing my reviews at DW Drawings at com. Yes. And so I was like, okay, you know, I reviewed Justice League. I reviewed Justice League Unlimited. Let's do a newer version of Justice League Young Justice. So I watched it. I watched it again. I think I'm on my third or fourth viewing. And I've been telling you about this for a long time to watch it. And you finally did. And now we're here. Yes. And then I got home. And then I was home. Uh, Yeah, I've heard about Young Justice through the grapevine of... I was in college when I heard. I think I may have seen like one of Tom's roommate Steve. I think was watching Young Justice in the background while we were editing some short film, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is Young Justice." And I immediately continue on with the rest of my day. I never paid a no attention because I realize if somebody tells me like you would love this, you gotta check it out. I've been so many people, or at least like one specific coworker, is like, "Dude, you gotta see it. It's, a, it's the best fucking thing ever. You, 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 you gotta see it." Mm-hmm. And it's like the next day, no, you gotta check this out. It's the best fucking thing ever. I'm like, well, well what happens to the first thing you you recommend me to see? Like, well, it's good, but it's not as good as this. And I'm like, so mm. your recommendations means jack all. So I, I I just kind of like just been irked because of that, and I take everything at arm's length when it comes to recommendations. Yeah. I mean, I've recommended a couple things to you, but I think this is like the first one you really like actually sat down and watched. Yeah, I mean, like, because you've tried... I've tried to watch The Last Airbender with you. Yeah, you just... I That was a long night, so I did... That was a long night, and the first handful of episodes aren't that great. Right. Um, so I, pa- I I fell asleep. I think it's, like, the one time I think I ever fell asleep. Yeah. I was, was watching that. Yeah, I still recommend watching it. Mm. Um, I also recommended Clone Wars. Yes. Which I thought was coming off Netflix, but it's still there. Well, I, I gotta finish season two... Of Young Justice, and then we I can go on Clone Wars, and yeah, we can, do, we can then, talk about that. Yeah, and so, yeah, so, and Young Justice was the latest thing. Well, he, not the latest, because I've been recommending one Gundam series to you. Yes. So. I, like, I have, I don't have... You much, have trust issues. I have, well, I don't have trust issues. You have trust issues. I let you hold my camera. You have trust issues. <laughs> that, thing, that, that thing means more, pe- more to me than some family members, motherfucker. And I let you fondle it. I mean, handle it. You make it sound like I was just like, mm, let me stroke this lens right here. Oh, oh yeah, I love this. I love the smell of a Japanese product in my hands. Oh. Says the guy who works for Canon cameras. Shh. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I put the microphone up to uh, an old tube TV. We're getting snow right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough. Okay. So yeah, I finally sat down and watched it, and it's like like your recommendation, and then one podcast listened to Holy Badcast, an entire episode on like their favorite episodes of Young Justice, mm-hmm. and the enthusiasm I heard from it, and I'm just like, you know what? And the the details of the episodes they recommended, I'm like, you know what? I'll check it out. And there was one day when I called out of work because like I did not want to go to work that day, and so I was like, you know, what? I was like, no, fuck this. I, I was really pissed off. And so I went to the library to, like, get work done. So, of course, that means I download the Netflix app to my phone, and I start watching Young Justice on my phone in the library. So I'm just watching 
like the first like four episodes on my iPhone. And I'm just like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. And I shit you not, Tim. <laughs> yes, you do. You, like, it's rare that that you steer me wrong. Yeah, I don't. If I, I mean, like, the first time I introduced you to Ghost in a Shell. Zach and I introduced you to uh, Ghost in the Shell, the animated movie, and we're both like, yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. And we're all sitting there like, this was the biggest mistake. We're so sorry. Yeah, but we've come slightly come around on that. Yeah, we well, because Zach and I want admitted the fact, in movie, of like, okay, it's not as good as what we remembered it as. Yeah. So. I mean. But yeah, no, we try to steer you right, and I don't. I'm not throwing every cartoon show that I watch at you saying, oh, you've got to watch this. Yeah. Um, and same thing with movies-wise for you that I, I I steer you into certain things. I, like, I'll like i push you to a certain extent with yeah, certain movies. Yeah, you'll movie. push me somewhat out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like like Drive, I know you were not the biggest fan of. No, I wasn't. I, I watched it, but I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Okay. Um, but, like, um... Uh, Chinatown? We never saw Chinatown. Zach, you watched Chinatown. Right, that was true. No, what's the one with Jamie Foxx and Tom? Oh, uh, Collateral. Collateral, yes. Yes. That we, you were... I was on the fence of, I absolutely loved that movie. That yeah. was a good movie. And actually, I almost watched that with my dad last night. It was between like that and like Whiplash, uh, the J.K. Simmons, the drumming movie that came out a few years ago. Oh, yeah. And we ended up watching that because he's a big J.K. Simmons fan. Mm-hmm. And But I'm like... But I, I discovered, I was like, I still have collateral. I'm like, next, next like, movie night with my dad and I, we're going to watch that. But, so, getting back to the subject at hand, we're talking yes. about Young Justice. Young so, Justice. So, what is the quick premise for Young Justice? Young Justice is the group, is initially the sidekicks of the superhero, of the big superheroes like uh, Robin, Kid Flash, and Aqualad. They pretty much... Got fed up with being like thrown around and stuff. I'm like, no, we want to take command. This is what you trained us for. This is what we're going to do. So Batman and the rest of the Justice League is like, okay, we'll give you your shot. You are now going to be uh, just simply known as the team, and you're going to do these covert uh, covert ops missions for that are too um, that we can't do ourselves. The Justice League is too like too in in the light to do. So right. we're going to send you out do covert missions. And they start adding more and more, more and more kind of sidekicks to this group to just so they can prove themselves. And they're all teenagers, mm-hmm. so which adds that whole you know puberty ness to it. Yeah, I mean, it, like not too much. Thank, thankfully, I think that's what the show does well. It doesn't have like it doesn't focus on the angst of like teenage growth. It's real. Not to the degree of some other high school shows. That's true. I, I will give you that. I, I just had I gave him the rocks, like the people's eyebrow, right there. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, like, well, like, like, there's some, there's one or two aspects that we'll get into later where it gets yeah. really angsty. But like, it's never, it's never, it never overshadows the plot. No, I'm not, I'm not rolling my eyes in the back of my head when it gets to to those moments. They're few and far between, mm-hmm. but there are things that you should take note of. Yes, but um. But yeah, was that good enough for? It? Yes, it was. That I mean, wasn't a Harry I, Potter. I, I wish you were that more succinct. So Robin, then shut up. <laughs> and so, 
episode one. How mm-hmm. does how does episode one open, and what is the title? Because we're going to go episode by episode. We're going to do a quick review of each episode and our feelings on it before we get into characters. So, so I look. If you hear the paper, I printed out the list of episodes. I yeah, because pre-production is a thing, people. Yeah, it actually is. Yes. So episode one of season one is called Independence Day, and it's today all- we celebrate our Independence Day. Yay! America. America. <laughs> so it opens up with, like, pretty much on the 4th of July with all you these... You don't say. You know, all these ice villains attacking simultaneously in their respective cities. It was a cool opening. It was a very cool opening, but all the sidekicks are going like, today's the day! Finally, today's the day! And the, the day is like, okay, what's today? <laughs> it's just, it's just, <laughs> Stuart Little, like, the kid from Stuart Little, it's today, it's today, running across in, in the middle of this fucking firefight between... <laughs> the, the ice villains and the, the, the just the, the ice not coming. Yeah, we we do get to see Mister Freeze. We get to see uh, uh, King Cold, not King Cold. Oh, uh, do we Mister Cold? Mister, like, yeah, Mr. Captain Cold. Captain, thank you, Captain Cold. Yeah. Uh, ice, Iceman Junior. Yeah, and then uh, we don't see Killer Frost, do we? I think we. I don't think we. See, I, don't, I don't think we see Killer Frost until maybe when Bell, we get the Bell the, the Bell episode. episode. But anyway. So we get all these Sense ice villains. Gives me chills. Really, an ice pun. <laughs> um, so we get all the all the main heroes of the Justice League are dealing with their respective ice villains at the same time. They they have a simultaneous attack in their respective cities, and they realize, huh, something's amiss here. Well, or Batman was something's amiss here. And it is funny to see. I mean. You think of Batman in the animated series, you rarely see Batman in the daylight. Mm-hmm. When you go into ju- the Superman stuff, the Superman, like, Batman crossovers, yeah. and Justice League, you see Batman more out in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. But how are, like... This like, opens up, High like, noon. High noon, no- yeah. Like, it's like, okay, sunny, beautiful day in Gotham, and here's Batman and Robin. I mean, like, like I just imagine, like, that, that stock footage from the 66 movie, and they're just running in front of the rear projection. Like, that's what it should look like right there. Holy fireworks, Batman! It's Mr. Freeze! So weak, weak-ass firework streaming across screen right there. Oh, God. So what else happens after they defeat all the... So once they defeat them, though, they all, like... The 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 heroes and their sidekicks meet up at the Hall of Justice in Washington D.C. This is the day where the, they are brought inside the Hall of Justice and shown the head the quote headquarters of the Justice League. Yes, even though there is a rumor that they may actually have a satellite well, in space, according to Speedy. Yeah, and then Batman gives Green Lantern a look, and Green Lantern's like, you "Mean Green Arrow? Sorry, Green Green Arrow." Yeah. He was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Sorry, Batman. <laughs> Oliver, I'm going to beat you to death with your own quiver. Um, and I'm going to have Superman rip off your arm. <laughs> Just for good measure. That's a Dark Knight Returns reference, people. And so, go on. So, uh, pretty much, so, once they get inside, Batman's like, this makes no sense that all the ice villains is attacked. So, like, so let's go investigate. To the to the watchtower. <laughs> and everyone's, and then the psych, especially Speedy, was like, so you just brought us into the Hall of Justice for what? A publicity stunt. A publicity stunt because there's photographer, there's reporters there, and everything like that. And they're like, it's the first step of becoming a full member. And Speedy's like, no, this is uh, you are just using us again. It's you're just bringing us in here for all the show and glitz and glamour, but you're not telling us anything. You're not giving us any special privileges or anything like that. You're just treating us like kids. And he and Speedy 
quits. Yeah. He's like, screw you, Oliver, and screw you, Justice League. And he throws his hat down and walks out. Yeah. And then, like, Batman's like, okay, we'll deal with that later. To the Watchtower. So they Zeta tube up to the Watchtower, leaving uh, Aqualad, uh, Kid Flash, and Robin there going, like, why didn't we leave with Speedy? I don't know. And the whole question of... The whole trust thing becomes, like, starts eating and, at them. Yeah, and then they're trying to find their own identity because them coming into being young adults. Mm-hmm. And so identity issues are obviously in play to begin with and then living in the shadow of their uh, mentors. Yeah, Robin's 13. Uh, Kid Flash is 15 to start the show. He receives yeah. 16th birthday. And I think... Aqualad is like seventeen. Yeah, he's like he's that. the oldest. He's the oldest. Yeah. So and then Speedy was seventeen, eighteen years old. Yeah. So yeah. Um. And so they're just like, we should do we should do our stuff uh, on our own. And Robin hacks the, the Justice League computers and trying to find out what the connection is between all of them, and they find out it's a company. I forget the name of the company. That so they, there's a fire at the Catmist Technology yes. buildings, and Batman was like, hmm, I have a suspicion about that place. But no, they had to go do something else. So like, they're like, oh, Robin's like, okay, let me just hack into the Justice computer, hacks in, and they're like, how are you doing that? And he's like, hey, it's the same thing as the back computer. Getting me? Yeah. So it looks like, so it pulls up Catmist, and it's like, oh, there's nothing on here. But if Batman's suspicious, yeah. we should all be suspicious. And so they go to the, they go to Catmist, discover it's a secret uh, base where they're developing Bi- essentially bio bio weapons, bio weapons and mind altering creatures. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they discover a tube that contains a very young Superman. Superman, but it's actually a clone of Superman. But it's is the human, half human, half Kryptonian version of Superman. Yes, and they break him out of there. Once they decide to have his freedom. Uh, freedom! Yes, thank you, William Wallace. <laughs> and so they destroy Cadmus in the process of doing that. Did, like, completely level the building. So much so that the Justice League shows up and it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, what did you do to this place, guys? It's like, we are responsible and you should give us more freedom. It's like, you leveled a whole city block. And why does that guy look like me? Because he's your son. Duh. Yeah, yeah, Superman just totally goes like. <laughs> yes, he he had just like, uh, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> Absentee father and leaves him. <laughs> Bruce, it's all on you. <laughs> you're used to taking in, st- you're used to taking in strays. strays. Fuck you, Clark. I feel like that's something a dick Superman would say to Batman. Now thinking about it, he essentially does. Yeah, I mean, at that point, we see Superman avoiding Superboy. Yeah, the because, entire first season. Yes, because he doesn't know how to deal with the fact that he has a child in the world. Yeah, I mean, later episodes, Batman like Bruce Wayne sits down with Clark Kent to pretty much say like, "Hey, the kid needs a father figure, and he's your clone, but." teenage so he's kind of your son and he needs it and clark's like he's not my son he's he's just i don't know what he is yeah take my pie to go screw you batman (laughs) and so after that we get the next episode fireworks Mm -hmm. Fireworks. um 
we find out that we find it's out it's part two of the it's part two of the, see, the first it, it, episode. It, it, it was a two part because yes. originally the this this uh the first two episodes premiered in the same hour block right so in this episode we also we also get introduced to Marsha Manhunter's niece uh, McGann no 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 that's episode three was oh, that episode three it is okay right no no you're right you're right. Okay, I thought because I'm reading from Wikipedia right here. I'm an asshole. It's okay. I still love you. Um, <laughs> and at this point, they say like, "All right, fine. You are the team, and you will be our. You'll still be our sidekicks when we need you, mm-hmm. but you will be your own team. And Superboy, you will be part of the justice. This young justice. Yeah. So Superman and uh, Magan, who is Martian the Manhunter's quote niece, uh, they'll live at. Um, Mount Justice and yeah. Happy Har- and Happy Harbor, Rhode Which Island, which was the first home of the uh, Justice, Justice League. League in the comics. They actually explained that that few episodes in, they do explain that this was the first home of the Justice League, but the villains compro- they were compromised because villains found out location. Right. So they're putting them there because it's like hiding in plain sight. Yeah, and it's funny. I started listening to a podcast called Just uh, the JLI podcast, and was reviewing the. Justice League International run of comics in the late 80s up until the early 90s. And it opens up with them back in Mount Justice. Like, that's where the new home's going to be. Mm-hmm. And it opens up with Guy Gardner just observing the place and just like. And, Guy Gardner. All, and just, he, he, in that, in that first issue, he immediately starts shit with everybody. Like, he's fighting with Martian Manhunter. He's in the face of Black Canary. Um, he's fighting with Shazam. And Dr. Fate and Batman are talking and. They he walks in and everybody's fighting each other, and like parts the red seed. Batman just walks up to Guy Gardner like nose to nose while this battle's going on. Everybody stops when Batman gets there, gets nose to nose with Guy Gardner and just says, "Sit down." Don't fuck Batman. And he's like, <laughs> and Guy Gardner eventually sits down. <laughs> yes, there is a funny moment with Guy Gardner later, uh, a, few, a couple episodes in. We'll get to that. Yes, and so um, so yeah, they set up the they set up this team at Mount Justice. Um, Red Tornado is going to be their den mother. Um, Black Canary is uh, going to help train them, and Batman will issue the missions that they go out on, mm-hmm. which is very appropriate. Yes, so. Um, and the third episode, Welcome to Happy Harbor. Under the false belief that Red Tornado is testing them, the group face off against Mr. Twister, who is attacking Happy Harbor. Mr. Twister. Mr. Twister. It turns out that the robot piloting the Mr. Twister armor was collected by Bromwell Shtick in an undisclosed location to test out by T.O. Morrow. Tomorrow, people. <laughs> I always found that name just very <laughs> hilarious. Who commented that Bromwell that he was lucky that it wasn't testing, he wasn't testing the armor. Your feelings in this episode, when we get to see the first team's interactions and trying to be a successful team after the Cadmus incident. Yeah, yeah it, 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 I mean, you kind of feel like what they're going through, it's like, oh my god, is this a test? Because uh, they're pretty much, uh, so the four of them, the five of them are just kind of like living like living together, essentially. Right. They hang out, but they haven't been given any missions. Mm-hmm. And so when Red Tornado shows up, they're like, oh, you have a mission for us. And no, Batman is in charge of missions. But soon, we will test you. So <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> well, what did we do in the meantime? You should take a tour of the, of the cave. It's like, oh, whatever. I mean, so it, like, it, it could have been worse. He could have asked them to join the carolers with Red Tornado. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the 
Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my single favorite, probably my single favorite moment of Batman Prayer from the Bulb is Red Tony oh, trying to get the spirit of Christmas. That was such a sad episode. I know, but it has such a nice payoff, though. The saddest Red Tornado episode is when he builds his son. Oh my god, that was so depressing. And he has to kill him. That's a sad episode of Batman Brave and the Bold. The show where it has outrageous awkwardness. Outrageous! And you, you're crying for a robot and it's robot's son to have no, you, you think have no emotions, but Red Tornado's crying that he had to destroy his son at the end. You're like, yeah. Ah! Alright, back to Welcome to Happy Harbor. Yeah. So essentially the team gets, keeps themselves busy and then all of a sudden a red, uh, a red robot named Mr. Twister appears and they're like, you and, you, the audience, and the team is going like, oh, are you kidding me? That, like, it's Red Tornado just in a souped up soup. Come on. Yeah. And then it turns out it wasn't and they're all going like, oh, okay, this is weird. Do you think they pulled their punches because of that? Initially, yeah, but then like, uh, Bagan just totally went like fucking alien on him. Yes, and not and not, not like, literally she, alien. Oh yeah, she did like it is. We are recording an alien day. Yeah, she did come bursting out of his chest, killing uh, uh, the the war doctor in the process. Uh-huh. Tell me why, me. So, but yeah, that was a good like. Okay, the, welcome to the team type. Thing. Like this is the team function, and it was more. I mean, it was more of a character episode where you kind of get to know the dynamics of this. What's going on? Like Robin. Just disappears on everyone. Yes, and the next and ep- something it's gonna it's gonna play into the very next episode as well. Yeah, Robin disappears on them, and they're like, okay, because essentially this team is designed that Robin leads because Robin is the most experienced of any of the sidekicks. Yes, he's the most well trained. He's the most tech savvy, and he's the most creative. I would think out all the all the members. It's just he was with Batman so for so long that he's too independent. Yes, because Batman would – because, like, if he ever became compromised, he would need to defend himself. Yeah. Which leads to the penultimate moment in the end of the first season. Yeah. Which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. And so – The next episode is Drop Zone. Yes. Yes, so that's – um. you want me to just read it? Yeah, might as well. I, All like, right, so despite la- lacking a clear leader, the team is assigned its first mission by Batman. The la- they later get caught in the middle of a war between Bane's gang and the Cult of the Cobra – who are assisted by Cadmus's operative Sportsmaster over production of the drug Venom. And the Sportsmaster is now played by John Madden. Aww. <laughs> Young Justice, too fast to Tanaka coming at you. You can see here, Robin looks like a cannoli over here, and, and like Kid Flash is just being fucking retarded here, and I don't know what he's doing. But look at Superboy! And my Mike Dicka out here should be healthier with me. <laughs> so this episode was their first covert mission because all of a sudden like ba- Batman is like been monitoring Bane's uh, production plant of Venom but there's no product going in or out so but it's still in production so yeah. he's like where is it going what's going on there yeah. so then he assigns them to go covertly observe which obviously that doesn't last long Leroy Jenkins <laughs> So they burn that facility to the ground. Burn it to the fucking ground. Yeah, I mean that's one joke I always realize with the DC anime shows. If they don't know how to end it, they just blow it. But up. They blow it up. And you go back to Batman. It just blows it up. I mean, you think like fucking Bruce Timm and Alan Burnett are like pre like they're the precursor to Michael Bay because how many stories end with blowing up? I guess that's just like you go back to comics and like how many stuff ends up blowing up near the end. Oh, so many. Yeah, it's just a really great way and. 
means to end. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I was rewatching Batman anime series, like, maybe, like, the seventh time through when I got all the DVDs. I mean, it's, like, the Heart of Steel episodes, and I'm like, they're blowing up so much stuff right now. Like, this is, this is, this is kind of extreme. I mean, it was the 90s, so it was like, extreme! Anyway, so... But that in this episode, we really get a team dynamic of nobody knows what the hell to do. Yeah, they're, they're all pulling in, in separate directions. Yeah, here. and they pretty much call... I mean, they pretty much say, like, okay, if we need... If we ha- are going to succeed here, we need someone to lead. Robin, you're good, but you have no idea how to lead a group. No, because you... And pretty much the backup... Uh, Go figure, the person who's going to run the Titans eventually. Yeah. Uh, Calder- Calderon or Aqua... Well... Aquaman, uh, Aqualad, or Calderon, yeah, or Calder, yeah, uh, he is. He was voted to lead the team, and so at that point on, he's the leader of the, the of the team. Yeah, as well as we get the scene, we get the first time the telepathic link. Yes, uh, uh, Magan uh, hooks up everyone telepathically because I think in the previous episode she starts communicating with them uh, telepathically, but they're not, they're very uncomfortable with it because it's an invasion of privacy. So they establish ground rules that instead of using like uh, radio links or comm links, which can be tapped into, which can be tapped into. The only thing that cannot be tapped into is her telepathic connection. Right. So they all link up before missions so they can communicate telepathically, which I think is actually really smart. Yes. Um, so we get that for the first time. Um, yeah, and we really get to see like uh, Kid Flash's covert outfit, uh, Magan uh, changing in her like transforming herself into her covert outfit as well. Mm-hmm. So we get to oh yeah, Calder has a covert. Yes, covert. So it's all blacks and grays. Yeah, I mean Superboy is always black and red because that's just his T-shirt. And Robin's Robin. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, it, actually uh, later on it's hysterical and it like uh, we'll get to it, but when they lose their memories and like oh. While he's playing with his, like, covert, like, yeah, normal suit. suit. And they're all looking at each other. They start poking their crest and nothing happens. Yes. <laughs> um, it always reminds me of that joke from Tiny Toons when um, Plucky and uh, I forgot the, like, the Porky Pig, like, young kid is supposed to be. Um, they're playing, like, Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. And the Porky Pig character is dressed up as Robin, and he's got like, a bullseye in his stomach. Yes, and like, yes, my my uh, bullseye uh, uh, sidekick, you here taking, you'll be taking a lot of fire while I sneak in the shadows and stop everything <laughs> from going wrong. Always running joke when it comes to Robin's suit, but I yeah. um, no, but this is but his. I mean, we'll get to a character's I guess later or the art style. Yeah, but his this is like the more subdued, like it's a darker red tunic with like just black accents and obviously the inside of the cape is yellow yeah but i mean he he's covert enough yeah ever since the tim drake outfit came to be yeah it's ne- they've never gone back to the pasties unless it's like a very specific flashback you look at batman under the red hood mm-hmm. when we see young jason todd we see him in the all red yeah, yeah. and like what about the flashbacks of brave and the bold do we get to see robin in the pasty in booties oh i don't remember Right. I, I honestly don't remember. I know, like, he hated being in the sidecar. Yes. <laughs> the sidecar. <laughs> oh, Hammers of justice. We did, we did a Brave the Bold review. No, we haven't. What are we doing with our lives? I mean, we just got the Young Justice, so we got, I mean. <sighs> Tim. I know. I mean, fuck. I, I mean, like, what, like <laughs> sidebar, everybody. Like, I want to do 
a Justice like the Justice League, a Justice League universe, like JOU, like we do an ep- we do review an episode or two, two parts like every time we get together, leading up to Justice League in November. I, I'm I'm down for that. Okay, we have we have to talk about Brave and the Bold at some point. I know. I mean, like, but do we do we do that as individual episodes eventually? Or <sighs> sorry for our pre-production side uh, business here <laughs> while we're doing our Young Justice review. It, yeah. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Let's get back on track. Next episode. All right. So next episode is Schooled, which is where I talked to, to mentioned before that Bruce Wayne and Superman uh, and Clark Kent sit down about, you got to do something with the boy. Yeah. And Superman's like, no, <laughs> I'm Clark Kent. I don't have a child. <laughs> you have children, Bruce. You have 27 of them. You take him. <laughs> I've had an, I've had my fill of children. Clark, grow a pair. <laughs> Why do you think I have a child? Huzzah! <laughs> so, yeah, we get to see the kind of moral quandary or the, the emotional quandary that Superman has with having a kid out there because presumably in this continuity, he's not dating Lois Lane. That's what I'm imagining. We, we don't know exactly who he's dating. No, but I mean, if he was nervous about having a loved one out there mm-hmm. that he had to worry about, yeah, because he, probably, he probably would have been already okay with dealing with the fact that he has a son out there because he probably has a girlfriend out in the world that's probably in dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. That's I could be reaching. Could be. I mean, if it was if Superman was dating Wonder Woman at this time, I think Wonder Woman would be just like, yeah, she, she better. She, she yeah, she'd be on his case too. Yeah, but I don't. But I think that he. This is where Clark was in between girlfriends. Yeah, I mean. And what else happens in this episode? Yeah, so this is the episode. Uh, so I mean, Superman rejects Superboy, and Superboy is like, and Black Canary is training the entire crew. Yeah. And Superman, uh, Superboy is like, why? Why, why, why do I need training? I'm a re- I'm a wrecking ball. Yeah. And she's like, I'll show you why. So they spar, and she kicks the crap out of him. Yes. By using his own like his own own way to get strength yeah. against him. So and th- but that doesn't. So that's like a plot point where he'll Superboy eventually comes around to like I need to learn. Yeah. Um, but what happened was that um, Professor Ivo uh, appears in this episode, mm. and he made uh, his Amazo machine come out, and the Su- Justice League took f- over four hour eight members in four hours to destroy one Amazo. Because the Amazo will learn and adapt, adapt. to whatever opponent he's dealing with, and will tr- and yeah, keep going. El- alternate powers to defeat and they had fucking captain adam with them at that point yes the one thing who should be able to obliterate anything anything because he's nuclear energy yes and like just to tear it apart (laughs) on a molecular level yeah but no and so they they separate the pieces in the in the four corners of the country they pretty much they're gonna send it to no no just boston and new york city yes new york city Uh, but obviously, we built this city. Uh, but Professor Ivo intercepts the trucks uh, with his monkey robots, which are the most adorable and creepiest things since Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and they giggle. And That's it's the like, thing. It's creepy. <laughs> but I, Ivo actually explains apart. at one point in the episode what what monkey stands for because it's spelled M O M O N K I. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I read the acronym too, but I totally forgot it. <laughs> Superboy just destroys them, and Ivo goes like, oh. Took me a while to come with the with an acronym for monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'd I be mean, like, I would love to have like 
an action figure of that monkey to have yeah. on my desk or something like that. It would be creepy because they're creepy. glowing green eyes and everything, but... Yeah. And so, and then... Yeah, so they, they, so, uh, the Amazo gets put back together and it takes... Then it goes after the Justice League, uh, the, uh, the team. Yeah. And pretty much it takes the... F- the f- was it the four of them? Cause, no, it was only uh, Superboy, Robin, and Kid Flash at that point because uh, Aqualad and uh, Miss Martian couldn't get there on, in time. Right. So the three of them take out the Amazo in kind of like a really clever way as well. I forget how they do it. They, instead of fighting the machine, they start going after Ivo, which mm-hmm. then made the thing kind of like defend Ivo, mm-hmm. but then it started making mistakes at the same time, so it allowed him to uh, pretty much... They caught him off guard, so Robin, at one point, eventually Robin threw, like, um, his batarangs at it, and he, uh, the Mazo turned and used the uh, Martian Manhunter power of just phasing through it, yeah. which allowed Superboy to plant his fist right where the head is, and the Mazo uh, reappeared with, around his fist, and that blew up the thing. Right. So. Um, Artemis wasn't there? Isn't that where no, it was introduced Artemis to? comes in... Not too long after. Uh, next episode. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. At least my memory's not uh, so off with that. But yeah, she comes in in the episode Infiltrator. So Speedy, now Red Arrow, rescues Doctor Serling Roquette from the League of Shadows, who had kidnapped her and forced her to make a, the Fog program for them. Newcomer heroine Artemis must prove herself to the team while protecting Dr. Roquette from the League of Shadows, a mission brought to them by Red Arrow, as she prepares to make a program to counter the fog. Which, right. the fog is a giant nanomachine thing. Nanolocus. Yeah, nanolocus that will invade your programming, steal all the data, and then destroy the building around it. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, but scary at the same time. Yeah, I mean, like, how would you be, you're on the 38th floor of a skyscraper, and the 23rd floor has been infiltrated by it, and then all of a sudden, the the, the pylon supporting the building. Yeah, it just goes down. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you want to talk about characters now, or just later? Um, you, we can talk about Armus a little bit here. We'll get into more characteristics later on, but like yeah, how so her kind of initial personality. The first is, time I saw Artemis was in that Young Justice comic back in seventh grade. Right. And, I don't know, she was kind of hot looking. Mm. And they kind of, they do draw her pretty, very, pretty well in this show as well. Mm. There's something a little, maybe not totally like there about her. I mean, this is a bunch of teenagers. Season two is where it becomes more acceptable. Yeah. But anyway, but initially it's like, this is a very abrasive person. Yeah, and, and she's not getting along with anyone on this team. And it, it makes you question, like, how the hell did she get along with Green Arrow up to this point? It, it is, it's a little weird. And it's like, well, where the hell did Green, it's Green Arrow's niece. And everyone's looking at him like, you're shitting me, right? Yeah. I mean, even Red Arrow is going like, your niece? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oliver Queen is exactly the the quickest on it. Uh, isn't the quickest tongue in the show. No, I mean, if you watch Arrow, he's a little bit he's more little, quicker. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's a little goofier. Yeah. I mean, he's not full, like, Robin Hood-like kind of looking uh, when it comes to design as well, but he does have the goatee. Yes. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, yeah. 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 He kinda, he, well, he doesn't look like the jacked 
the roided out football player he did in uh, Justice League Unlimited. No, that was a bit extreme. Yeah, it was like, dude, what? relax. <laughs> yeah. It's shoulder day every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, just he's just doing like, like trying to make himself look like a fucking cobra. I like, go, I go to sleep by doing dips. Yeah, like, Jesus, dude. I mean, that's the one thing reason why I don't do it because I don't want myself to look like a goddamn cobra because I know like I, I will get obsessed with it. I mean, hell, I hurt myself Monday. With my weights a little bit. Oh, I didn't even know you started doing weight training. Yes, I did. But anyway. Moving on. Yes. So, <laughs> Infiltrator. So, yeah. So, it's the introduction to uh, Artemis. But we also get introduced to the League of Shadows villain, uh, villain Cheshire Cat. Yes. Or just Cheshire. Yeah. Um, and it's a, she's a ninja-like character who wears a Cheshire Cat mask. And knows Artemis. And, and Artemis knows her. Yeah, but we don't know why. Yeah, it's a, it's a. It becomes obvious in a few more episodes of. I how. I caught on to like how they're, why they know each other. Eventually, I mean, like how they know each other, but there's a, another twist on top of that which I did not know. I did not see that coming. Okay, fine. Fuck it. Spoilers. Spoilers. Chester Cat. Is Cheshire is the sister of Artemis, and her father is Sportsmaster. Yes, that and their mother is Huntress. Is Huntress, which I wonder how the fuck she ended up in the a wheelchair. I mean, like, is I don't know if it's like based off. Uh, There's a story behind the hunt. Oh, I Huntress is is uh, paralyzed from the waist down. Do they say that in season two or no? We don't know. We never find out. Okay. But there's a re- there's there has to be a reason. I, I'm trying to think like maybe does she that goes happen- to jail. But I mean, like, does that happen in No Man's Land? I have not finished No Man's Land, so I can't really say. So like, somebody says to me like, "No, you dumb motherfucker, is this? <laughs> if you were paying attention to the first place, you would have to actually know it's just pulling the shit out of your ass, you dumb fucks." Yeah. So yeah, we're just making fun. Thank of you, our Reddit. Audience. Yeah, we're just making fun of our audience now. Uh, it's not the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and so Arnus becomes the next member of the team. Yes. And then we move on. So the next episode after that is Denial, which is not not a river in Africa. Oh, <laughs> we're going to listen to the band, Nile. It's all Egyptian-themed lyrics. I'm so Denial, the team is sent to the Tower of Fate by Red Tornado to find Kent Nelson and prevent the helmet of Dr. Fate from falling into the hands of Abracadabra and Clarion the Witch Boy. Abracadabra is the worst villain name ever. I mean, it goes up in smoke. And look, do, you, do you remember what he looks like? <laughs> he looks like uh, David Blaine, but like lamer, lamer, like chest hairs a strewn with the uh, with the Seinfeld pirate shirt, like ripped open and a goatee. It's yeah, like I mean, he should, dude, be, he should be on the cover of Romantic Nelson with Fabio. Yeah, it's just like somebody say magic. <laughs> I mean, uh, so glad we had Claire on the Witch Boy instead because he was more intimidating than Abracadabra. He's frightening. Yeah, he really is a frightening character. Yeah, uh, but uh, if you don't know, if, don't, if the audience doesn't know who Claire on the Witch Boy is, he is Chaos Incarnate. Yes, and Doctor, it's essentially Doctor Fate's number one enemy. Yeah. So, but I like the fact that we got to introduce to Kent Nelson, the original Dr. Fate uh, character. Right. And, and uh, now, and this really is more of this episode, uh, not only get puts in the play, the uh, Dr. Fate pl- uh, subplot of the show. Right. Which is what is, which is one of my favorite things about the show is that, yes. that plot line. Um, but we get, it's a big character development of, uh, well, character moment for uh, Wally West. 
Yeah, because he ends up putting on the helmet mm-hmm. of Doctor. Because Vader. he is shitting on magic the entire episode because it's like it's all science. Science yeah. explains everything. In the words of Thor, you think of you think of science, and you think you damn magic. I come from a place where they're one and the same. We even know that line is cool, but it's never fucking explained in no, Thor. Never. No, I mean, I mean, maybe like, in uh, Ragnarok. I mean, I mean, we're gonna have Hulk in fucking uh, armor in that, so we might as well get an explanation. <laughs> He's a friend for work. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Um, uh, Jeff Goldblum is joining Jurassic ah, World. Uh, Jurassic World Two. Going to be in this one. In this one. Chaos theory. Chaos theory. So Why'd, I wasn't in the first one because I was working on Independence Day. Oof. I think he chose poorly on that one. All things considered. <laughs> he chose poorly. <laughs> um, so Wally was has been shitting on Magic the entire episode, and he eventually puts on the helmet of Dr. Fate, and and introduces... I always forget the pronunciation. Is it Nabu? Or Nabu. Nabu. And the... Magic god that is possessed in the in the Doctor Hel- Fate helmet, yeah. and we find out there's a soul trap in that that uh, helmet. Well, too. Kent Nelson actually dies beforehand, yes. but because he was so a uh, part of Doctor Fate, his soul goes into the helmet where Wally, where he pretty much explains what Doctor Fate does to Wally West. Right, and Doctor Fate uses Wally West's body to fight off um, Clarion, the Witch Boy. And it's like, okay, well, this is kind of cool. But then the time when, well, after Clarion's defeated, Dr. Fate's like, I've been away for too long. The world needs me. Yeah. And, and uh, Kent Nelson was like, yeah, but this boy is, his mind is in science. He's not appropriate for you. No. So Dr. Fate's like, fine, I'll release the boy. But so, But you better find me someone soon. Yeah. It's interesting because, all right. Marvel has aped DC characters throughout the years. You look at Thanos, that's Darkseid. Quicksilver, that's Flash. Doctor Strange, Doctor Fate. Fate. Now, the two, the, the biggest separations between the Sorcerer Supremes, between the two publishers, is that Nabu is a sentient being. Yes. And theoretically could be a threat to the person with uh, who... Who has possession of the helmet? Yeah, no, because he doesn't. He, if he doesn't want to return your body to you, he won't. Which, which will later come into play. Yeah, and it's fascinating. It's one of my favorite things about this show. Yeah, and like I've always been kind of like, I like once I heard about reintroduced to Doctor Fate not too long ago, and then seeing this episode, I'm like. All right, because Doctor Fate was like kind of like thrown in a few beginning, like the beginning two minute pieces of Brave and the Bold. He was in like one or two episodes of Justice League Unlimited where he was kind of a pussy. Right. To be perfectly honest, he just kind of sucked. Mm. And so, but in, in Young Justice, this is like this is not. A, he is a force to be reckoned with. Right, and it's the first real like real representation outside of the comics. I mean, like, I think Dr. Fate, Dr. Fate was on Smallville at one point. You, I've never seen Smallville, so. I remember, I remember seeing a little bit of, of, like, I think I was looking at Dr. Fate, and I was like, well, like, appearances in the media, and I'm pretty sure Smallville was listed there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But of course, like he's been in the comics for years. He's on Justice League internationally. He was in part of the JSA, the the very first like Justice League there. Yeah, or the Justice Society, Justice Society there, and so Doctor Fate's always it's been has been a golden. It's been a part of DC Comics for years. So finally seeing him in this medium and how we get to explore him later is just fascinating. But next episode. Yeah, so the next episode is called Downtime. Mm-hmm. This is the episode where Aqualad returns to Atlantis because, ah. he, because it's his love. Uh, so Aqualad travels home to Atlantis to reevaluate whether he should continue leading the team or living with Tula below the ocean surface. Under the sea! Under the, Under the sea! sea. <laughs> There's a total shift for you right there. We go from porn music to Under the Sea with Sebastian. And, and oh my god. But that's kind of what this episode was. Well, not the porn music, but it kind of went from. <laughs> this episode kind of feels a little broken to me. Um, because they open up with the lead, with the team getting their asses royally handed to them by Clayface. Yeah. Only to have Batman come in and Batman the shit out of Clayface. Yes. And then, like. Then they get back to the mountain, and Batman's like, "I want to talk to you. I want to talk to Aqualad. The rest of you, take hit the showers, go home, because they're still covered in clayface. Clayface, yeah. And then Robin's standing there, and like, only, only Aqualad. And Robin's like, and then we find out that Aqualad has his head in two different places because he's like. Caught between two worlds. It's just like how Aquaman himself is. Arthur Curry is caught between his the service and, and Atlantis. Yeah. So we find out that he uh, that Aqualad had a girlfriend Tula uh, back at Atlantis, but because he because of one specific battle um, between his uh, uh, Calderon and Garth. Mm. Party on, <laughs> party on, Garth. Party on. That that Aquaman was like, one of you will be my apprentice. Mm. So Calderon was like, I'll be your apprentice. And Garth was like, I'll keep studying at the magic library. Yeah. And Garth and Tula get freaky in the two-month absence. Oh, it's only two months. And she's like, ah, Garth fucks me better. <laughs> I don't think, like, I don't think it's... Is it that, that, him, that, uh... Aqualad and Tula have been physical? He's at, I mean, no, they never hint at it, but he's absolutely in love with her. Yes, and it's, and it's like, from the first moment you realize that. Yeah, he's, he's so in love with this girl, that's why it's like, okay, well, two months isn't long a long hiatus, so she probably wasn't that into you, Calderon, I'm no. sorry. She's just not that into you. You, you were just friends, you, you got oh, what I need. Saying that just sends shivers up my spine. Oh. You say he's just a friend. You say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, please. Sorry. Yeah, that's me normally singing that song. I know. To yourself, when you're alone. In the corner with my tears. Yeah. But Black Manta shows Black up. Black Manta! What Holy the- shit, Black Manta. I need... Mean, Oh, and he comes in here with his black manta, like stormtroopers, and like fucks fucks up Atlantis. Like, he, like, dude, this guy could wipe out this city any fucking time he wants. There's, you can probably make a list like top five best designed DC villains. Oh my god, black, black manta is either number, number one, one or number two. Yeah, I mean, 
there's so many just like this just, guy is just the helmet and like it fucking works it, it is amazing and i cannot wait for the aquaman movie because we are getting black manta oh my god are we yeah. they better not fuck him up he's not they're not gonna fuck him up you would hope not i would hope they're not gonna fuck him up I have full I have full trust in that team. Aquaman. Well, okay, well, the timeout people. If no, he no, has no. like a girly voice, because no. it, I mean, for lack of better words, it's a black man playing Black Manta. Yes, and no, it just comes with the power and just the badassness with it. And the, the guy they got to play him is I forget the dude's name. Uh, let me see. A very traditional African name. He's from the Get Down, the Netflix series. And I have full complete I have full trust in the team they assembled for. Aquaman because James Wan's directing and I've loved him ever since he did the first Saw movie. He did Fast and Furious 8. The Conjuring 1 and 2. He's in Insidious 1 and 2. Does Dead Black Sa- Manta actually have a different name? Uh, he does. Like that, That's his villain's name. He does have a like uh, traditional birth name. I mean, that, that was a yeah. super, super... Yeah, because he's not... IMDB, he's not popping up as Black Manta. Well, he has been cast and they, they may have not... I mean, it could, it could theoretically still be rumored... No, no, on Young Justice. Oh, on Young Justice. I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I can't. Hold on, let me see if I can find it this way. That's weird. Yeah, that is a little weird. Anyway, so I have full confidence in the Aquaman movie, and Black Manta hints at something to Aqualad in Young Justice. You have to remind me that it may sound that maybe Black Manta is Aqualad's father. Luke, I no, I am your father. You, get, you, almost, did, you almost did the incorrect, the incorrect one. one. No, yes. That's why I corrected myself. Yes, you better correct yourself before I lop off your hand and throw you down a, a pipe and have your lightsaber to be discovered 30 years later for a story to be told another day. Sorry, that's a dangling clause. And Black Force Manta Man- is voiced by Carrie Payton. Carrie Payton. Payton. K-H-A-R-Y P-A-Y-T-O-N Nice. Oh. Okay. But, yeah, so that downtime. You're The Walking Dead. Oh. Anyway, downtime, <laughs> good episode. Moving on, what happens next? Okay, so next episode is actually one of my favorite episodes of the of season one, and that's bereft. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm saying that. The team discovers that they are they have forgotten the last six months of their lives, including each other and their final fateful missions in Bialia. The team turns to Miss Martian to recover their memories before it's too late for Superboy. This is the episode when they're in the Middle East. And they wake up like nobody remembers anything. Yeah. Uh, su- su- um, Kid Flash and Artemis are actually getting along. For once. Uh, Miss Martian quickly remembers, like, uses her psychic abilities to remember everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbins by himself has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Aqualad is dying, literally dying in the sun. Yeah. And Superboy, at this point, wasn't alive six months prior, so he just has animalistic tendencies and just freaking out on everything. Yeah. And meanwhile, this whole thing is like, okay, what's going on in Bialia? And it turns out that this alien... This alien where that came in one of those boom tubes yeah. crash-landed by Alia, and they were t- doing tests on it. And uh, one of the supervisors of this test is Simon Says, which is this telepathic villain, mm. which is – it's just I love this episode. I have no idea why I love this episode, but it's one of my favorites. Really? Because, like, it was okay. I mean, like, the, the best thing I love that came out of this episode is Sphere. 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 The the big the, the, the sphere. oh sphere yeah. sorry yes no well no it's that's not the that's thing. not the only thing that came out of this episode but you also get the the relationship between McGon and uh, Connor right or Superboy yeah because his name wasn't Connor yet yeah 
But yeah, no, it's Superboy and Magan uh, really you really figure out that they have a relationship going, and from this point on, they're kind of referred to like as boyfriend girlfriend, mm. which I. Like, and then we're also introduced to Sphere, but we're also introduced to Simon Says, and we get a little bit more plot point into the main villains of the series. Yes, because we kind of think we kind of negated, we neglected throughout the the entire opening so far. Few, it, first few is that, like, the teaser or, like, the thing that would kind of send it off before the credits is that we would see the villains come together and saying, we will bring the Justice League into the light. The light being the big bad of the series. The season, I should say. Yeah, the light is the evil organization. Yes. So. And everything is connected. Yeah. Which, I made a note of this, because it's a theme in the show, which I actually think is more of a hindrance. The light is actually somewhat forgiving. Like, Simon Says kind of screwed up his mission. It's okay. Black Manta screwed up a lot of his mission it's okay Cadmus was discovered it's okay sportsmaster sportsmaster didn't get all the um all the uh the venom the special venom formula it's okay luther was successful it's lex luther yeah of course he's gonna win yeah in the words of Luther and DVS, he never loses i don't know how to lose but also rachel ghoul was helping him of course i mean the two, by the two dangerous criminals on the planet. Yes, such a racial detective. I wish uh, I did. David, he die? David Warner? No, he's still around. Why can't they bring him back for racial ghoul? I don't know. I'd want him. Oh. I'd be like, it, I would want him contractually obligated, like how Hamill and Conroy is, because I think those be because those three are, are so linked with those characters. When I read Rachel Ghoul in the comics, it's that voice. It's that voice. Yeah, I mean, it, every other time you see Rachel Ghoul, it's like a forgettable voice, unless you think about Liam Neeson. Yeah, and, and and even like on Arrow, I, I enjoyed the performance on that because they went from a different way from Liam Neeson and Dave Warner. He mm-hmm. did his own thing. But so you really enjoyed this episode, bro? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed this episode because it's like it also kind of shows that like Artemis and uh, uh, Kid Flash can actually get along, right? Which you know, which I forgot to mention in the episode of uh, Denial. Uh, one of uh, Kent Nelson's last words to uh, Wally West is like, "Find yourself a Spitfire," yeah. because his wife was this like take no shit attitude, and the only person that in the show that we're introduced to has that take no shit attitude is Artemis. Yeah. So initially, they set that up at the very end of that episode, and only for him to like, "Oh, Megan, how are you today?" Yeah. Because we'll get into the, that whole dynamic. Later yes, on. As, we, as we move on. Okay, so the next episode after Bereft is Targets. While in Taipei, Aqualad aids Red Arrow in preventing Cheshire from assassinating Lex Luthor, who is assisting in a peace effort between General Sing Man Lee of Northern Malaysia uh, and Prime Minister Seng of Southern Malaysia. Superboy and Miss Martian, adopting the names Connor Kent and Megan Morris, respectively, begin their first day of school. Thoughts? <laughs> I enjoy this episode because it's nice to see... Red Arrow in action like this. Mm-hmm. See him come across Sportsmaster and the... And all, like, we've seen him come across each other before earlier in the series. Mm-hmm. This guy also dives into the more of the fact that, like, okay, Rachel Ghoul is a member... Rachel Ghoul is still pulling the strings of the League of Shadows. Yes. Cheshire is working for... Cheshire and Sportsmaster are working for Rache. And Luther seems to be doing something on the up and up. Peace brings money. Peace, yeah. is, pro- peace is profitable. Yeah. 
as much as uh, more than war is. Yeah. According to him. But I like this is also a thing where Red Arrow after like the team is just stupid. It's just Justice League Junior. And he's like shitting on the team and it's like I like, just want to be Justice League. I want to be solo. But and then he's like Aqualad, I need your help. And yeah, Aqualad's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, okay." Yeah, he finally concedes he, the fact that he needs help here. Yeah, Aqualad gives him some shit, but ultimately uh Calderon and uh what is Red Arrow's name? Oh, Speedy. No, like... Oh, oh uh, Roy, Roy Harper. Harper. Yeah. So Roy and Calderon are actually friends. Yeah. So Calderon is going to give him some shit, but he ultimately does go to the aid to help um, help uh, Red Arrow protect the this peace conference. Right. So essentially, uh, they call it Rolasia. We all know North, North and South Korea. Uh, and at the end of it, where they foiled this assassination attempt, Along with Mercy, who's a fucking cyborg. <laughs> I thought this was like, whoa! But then again... He would have a would, cyborg. It, it, uh, Mercy would be a cyborg. Yes, yeah, so like, it doesn't... It doesn't, it doesn't uh, but we find out that, hey, Ra's al Ghul and Lex Luthor were working together to uh, do this! Uh, and it's like, wow! It's a, like... Big revelation there, and they're going into the light, and you're like, "Oh God! Like how? Who's how? How encompassing is this light organization? Mm-hmm. And what is their plan? What are they doing? Why are they gathering their forces so much?" Yeah, and then on top, but and then the other half of this episode, which we keep coming back to, is the first day of school of Megan and Connor. Yes, and one of my favorite clients, like, "Oh, it'll be Connor." She's like, "That's my favorite name," and he's like, "Okay, I'll be Connor." And it's like, and then. Uh, uh, John Jones was like, maybe you should have a last name. Maybe Kent. And then uh, Megan goes like, oh yeah, for in honor of Kent Nelson. And uh, John Jones is like, yeah. Jingle bells, jingle bells. But it essentially sorry. is Megan having the best first day of school ever. Yeah. And Superboy being his anti-social awkwardness. Yeah. Like, I'm just here. I'm just here so I don't get fan. Yeah, type thing. And McGann tries out for the, the um, cheerleaders. Cheerleaders, and we all figure out why she's choosing this path. Eventually, yeah. Eventually. Um, but I love that moment where she does her tryout. They haze her. They haze her, and Connor immediately jumps up to protect her. And she tells no, and he ends up making an ass out of himself by falling down to the bleachers. Yes. And it, it reminds me of a Goofy movie where, like, it's Max falling down the bleachers at the end of the big song at, at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um. And so she's a, she's it's a bumblebee, right? That's what I think it's I think that's the the bumblebees. The yeah. bumblebees. They're like, oh, bumblebee! And I mean, I'm so glad that her concentration is so strong. That oh yeah, I mean it. it <laughs> Her not, I mean, even her not showing her true form is, like, very, like, shows how powerful she actually is. Yes. Because, like, even her last, I mean, even John, John Jones keeps a very basic form of himself. Yes. I mean, it's like, it's alien. Meanwhile, Megan looks human just with green skin. Yeah, and then so she transforms into a perfect human. With, like, the tan, the tan white skin, yeah. Right, when she goes to school and goes out in public, mm-hmm. so... I'm just like I thought that's what was gonna happen. That she's gonna lose her concentration and revert back to green when she was uh, 
caught off guard with the hazing of the dumping of the water on oh, her. Thank God high schools don't have ba- bonfire rallies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Things just got dark. <laughs> Throw her on the fire! Throw her on the fire! Okay, for those who don't know, uh, the Martians in the DC Universe, their number one weakness is fire. Yes. They're very... <laughs> Uh, it actually was one of my favorite uh, new uh, favorite lines from Justice League: A New World, where Batman finds uh, John Jones and he's I, like, "I have a fifty thousand dollar rock for the man in Metro- for the alien Metropolis for the blue guy in Metropolis. I just need a dime for a book of matches for you." You want you want some ice for that bird? Just like some vinegar oh. for you. It's oh. Oh, Batman. Batman! I'm Batman. That is the I'm Batman <laughs> moment right there. Moving on. Next okay, episode. Next episode is um, Terrors. Uh, after the Terror Twins are defeated and sent to Bell Rev, Batman has Superboy and Miss Martian disguise themselves as them, as as them in order to infiltrate Bell Rev. Yeah. So uh, Superboy and Miss Martian uh, pose as the Terror Twins. Yeah. Which is a lowly level super powered southern redneck yeah. queen group. Um, it's an okay episode. This is an okay episode. We kind it's of nice. it's cool to see Bell Rev because I liked I like that. We get I introduced love to Amanda Man- Waller. Yeah, which I'm always glad to and see. And Doctor Strange. Uh, Do- Miss- yeah, Doctor Str- Doctor Hugo Strange. Strange. Hmm. Uh, but we also like okay, all the ice villains from the first episode are back because they needed. They were they all got together so they could get into Bell Rev to break out of Bell Rev. There's something else, and, and to get Hugo Strange in power. Yes, that was pretty much it. Because yeah. then Hugo Strange can pull the strings there. Yeah, and I love the fact that we're also introduced to the Riddler. Yeah. Who's a dweeb? Who's a dweeb, and nobody likes him. But out the, in the last prison break, he's the only one to officially escape Bell Rev. Yeah, it's just just like, of course he would, because he's the master strategist. He yeah. would be the one to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but this episode was okay. We kind of established more of the fact that, like, yes, Superboy and Megan are in this relationship, and they actually love each other, which leads to an awkward joke at the very end. Like, dude. That's your sister! Because they finally kiss for the first time, and they're still in their well, transformation. not the first time, but, like, probably the most passionately. Yeah. Um, when they're in their disguises, and then Megan obviously then dissolves into her acceptable Martian form. Yes. So. Uh, and, and when that joke happened, I was like, duh! <laughs> it's very, it's like I said, it's an awkward, it's a funny but awkward joke. Yeah. Intentionally, and it totally lands being like that. Oh, yeah. But, no, overall, this episode was just... Oh, this is probably, like, the... L- it's kind of hard to find on bad episode in this the first season. But this is, like, on the lower end. I mean, I I, I guess call it a filler episode? Yeah, because it, the it, only thing that it really establishes is Hugo Strange is running Bell Rap. Yeah, and no longer... And Amanda Waller has been kicked out. Yeah. So... But doesn't Amanda Waller ever come, ba- come back in Young Justice? I haven't seen season two, so I can't. I can't. I, for, I, I haven't seen I season think, two in a while. I haven't. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, We're moving on. Yeah. So next episode is called Homefront. Robin and Artemis find out find that Mount Justice itself has been attacked by two relatives of Red Tornado named Red Inferno and Red Torpedo. This episode was intense. Yeah, because it's like 
it, it starts off kind of lighthearted where Artemis is first day at Gotham Academy because she just magically gives has been in a Wayne Foundation grant to go to the school. Yeah. And, like, she's being shown around, and then all of a sudden, it's like, we'll laugh about this later. And, like, selfie. It's like, who was that? Oh, just some some freshman. And it was Dick Grayson. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> which that will pay back in season two. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, how much of season two have you seen? Like, five minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Season two it starts off slow. It gets really hot really quick. Okay. All right, but yeah, that but yeah, they end up because um, Artemis actually lives in Gotham. Yeah, that central city with uh, right, where central Wa- city. Yeah, it's where Wally lives and everything. Well, where does Green Arrow live? Star- Starling, Starling, Starling City. Starling City. So yeah, she's not at in Starling City. No, um, she lives in Gotham, and Robin, Robin already figured out who she is, and nobody on the team knows who Robin is specifically, except Wally, except Wally. And he teases him the entire season. Yeah, because even in the cave in the owl costume, uh, Robin has to wear like dark sunglasses. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean, like he looks like he looks like fucking uh, like Men in Black or something like that, or like the secret agent from Invader Zim. I mean, with the sunglasses on at all times. Yeah. So. Yeah, but like, so they teleport to the cave where all hell has just broken loose. It's like an episode twenty-four. Like that's how intense it is. It gets really intense because uh, uh, Aqualad and McGann are being held in a fire, literal fire cage, which McGann can't stand fire, and Aqualad's a fish. Yeah, and then uh, Kid Flash and Superboy are held in like this super ice. Yeah, being like slow with the water level slowly being brought up to their. Uh, over their heads yeah and it's up to robin and artemis to figure out who's doing this how to defeat them how to free their friends yes and then and we find out that it's two other androids named um red uh red torpedo and red inferno yeah so and they were and they look exactly like red tornado it just ends on a cliffhanger, does not? Yeah, because at the very end where they finally defeat him, Red Tornado comes back because he was and on all, the... And all three of them... Re, the two reactivate and then change his programming. Right. And then they escape. Yes. Because Red Tornado temporarily sucks all the air out of the place and, mm. like, to black out everyone. So that leaves a hit, hit finger like, oh my god, Red Tornado just went bad. Yeah. And who the fuck were those two? Right. And the thing about this episode is that Artemis and Robin are running out of... Things to throw at these two. Yeah, I mean, Robin is the only... Uh, okay, so we we see that Artemis really has zero experience. She's a good fighter, but in like situations like this, she has no experience. No. Robin is really like, okay, this is what this is plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, Y, J, K, whatever. He has like plans uh, up to his ass. Because... That's what he is. That's yeah. what he's been... He even says at one point, I've been doing this for four years. Yeah. So, and Artemis, but eventually uh, Robin becomes compromised, so it's up to Artemis to save everyone. Mm -hmm. And she has a moment of just panic, but she overcomes that panic because everyone else is going to die, and there's not enough time for her to run away to get help. So she has a real moment of, like, well, do I run away, or do I, like, try to help him even though that might kill me? Yeah. And she eventually decides to do the hero act of, I'll die trying to save my friends. And it worked. It worked. Thankfully, it worked. Yeah, and it's you get to see a little bit more uh, into Artemis because 
Artemis uh, previously has just been this very abrasive character, mm-hmm. and it's really and this is the point where you're starting to come around to her a little bit more because yeah. like, okay, she's this rough skin, but she probably has a really soft center. Yeah. So you're getting you're finally seeing that and really appreciating the character. So really enjoyed this episode. I really did. T- yeah, this is a good episode. Next, Alpha Male. Uh, so Batman sends a team and their replacement dead mother, Captain Marvel, love Captain Marvel, to India to investigate bizarre reports of armed animals attacking human beings, where they discover the brain has been conducting experiments with venom drugs on the fawn. <laughs> I'm relying because Batman bear the bros. The brain is fucking hilarious. But even here, the brain is French. Yes, because he's always been French to the guys. I've been like. But I, I just love like, the connotation the connotation you put on his name, the brain. I remember even texting you like, you know, there's a lot of evil gorillas in DC comics. Oh, it is revolting how many evil gorillas we have. Gorilla Garad, uh-huh. we, have, we have Ultra Humanite, uh-huh. and then we have uh, the brains of Sidekick. Sidekick. Oh, I, I forget. Remember. I remember, but I'm just like, I'm like Jesus, like, I mean. I guess the Planet of the Apes really had an effect on DC Comics oh writing for a while. I find, but I, I never liked the gorilla, gorilla villains because it's just so dumb. Just send Superman to beat the shit out of them. They're the, fucking animals. That, well, Gorilla Grodd is, is an exception because of his telepathic abilities. No, I thought that was Ultra Humanite. No, because like... um, Which monkey had the giant brain, like his brain sticking out of his skull? Ultra Human has the giant's brain sticking out of his skull, but Grodd has had his mind altered, and so he has a psychic like helmet that he can control gorillas, and he can control people with it. And so, uh, who's I think isn't Gorilla Grodd a Flash villain? Flash villain. Who's yeah. um Ultra Humanite's villain? I think he's also a Flash villain too. And isn't the brain a Flash villain too? I'm not too sure. That may be just a specific like when they were publishing Brave and Bold comics. So Flash is the one with all the fucking monkeys. Well, because you like, damn dirty eight, which I mean, is like, a line they throw into this of, episode. Of course, because they have to. <laughs> um, I mean, like, how many speedsters can you throw at the Flash before it gets old? So you start throwing gorillas at him. Yes. I, I to- okay, totally backtracking back to uh, den- the episode denial. The the doctor first introduced Doctor Fate. This is how much I love this episode. But there was a line where Wally West is like, "What are you going to do? Just Dumbledore it up?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was at work and I was fighting myself from going, yes! Um, Uh, But anyway, back to this. Um, The biggest addition to this episode is Captain Marvel. Oh my god, Captain Marvel is amazing! And how does Billy Bassett become Captain Marvel? With one... Shazam! Shazam! But actually, the main point of this episode, back... um, Back in the episode Infiltrator, uh, where we, uh, blah, 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 or was it, called, when uh, Aqualad was fighting um, Sportsmaster, Sportsmaster hinted that there might, there, there was a mole in the team. Yeah. So this is the episode, especially after Homefront, where um, Red Tornado turns on them, that, like, that information came out, because Aqualad doesn't want to divide the team up. No. Or tip off the, the, the. The spy. Yeah. Plus, the f- information from the Sportsmaster isn't reliable. 
He could just be saying it to mess with us. Exactly. That's what his reasoning was. Yeah. But after the home front, he had to tell Batman, and then Superboy, with his super hearing, overheard this and outed him. Yeah. And then the rest of the team, acting exactly the way uh, Aqualad thought they were, were just like, You don't trust us. You don't trust us. They totally pulled characters from like a Harry Potter moment there. Oh my god. It's just like, and then eventually, Calderon just channels Batman, and he's just like, Enough! We're doing X, Y, and Z, and once we're done, you can kill, you can kick my ass. But for now, we have to work as a team. I am still the leader of this, and I will lead us through this mission. Like, I am the captain now. <laughs> I am the captain now, and everybody's like, well, all right, all right, okay. because at that point, uh, Captain Marvel was kidnapped by the brain, <laughs> <laughs> and the brain was going to remove Captain Marvel's brain from his body. It is very liberating. Look at me. Ha ha. You are not going to remove my brain. I will. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I love Captain Marvel. Because Captain Marvel was like after like this whole speech to Calderon like about Batman taking taking charge of everything. Like, this is what he should be doing. Yeah. And he's like, maybe you're right, Captain. Maybe I'm like, ooh, a tiger. <laughs> no, because tigers and Captain Marvel go hand in hand. That's been part of comics like lore for, ye- for years. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. But like, I just love that moment. Like, ooh, tiger. And it's like, total ADD moment. It ran away. <laughs> yeah. So, but also at this, in this one, we introduce an- to another pet of uh, Superboy. Wolf. Wolf, which is a genetically altered wolf. Yes. So not only does uh, Superboy have the sphere, yeah. he has Wolf. Yes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I love that episode. Yes. All right. So the next episode is Revelation, which is the Injustice League episode. I love everything except for one. Th- there's one thing I do not like about this episode. You want me to just read it? Yeah, you're okay. right. So, when plant monsters attack major cities around the world, Batman assigns the team to a, a dangerous task. Taking out the plant monster's master, the Injustice League, consisting of the Joker, Count Vertigo, Poison Ivy, Atomic Skull, Wanton. Wanton? 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 W-O-T-A-N. Wanton. Do you, want, do you want wanton dumplings too? Like, I don't know. Black Adam and Ultra Humanite. In the end, it's a, it is revealed that the Injustice League is a fall guy meant to distract the heroes from discovering who is really behind the recent events, which turns out to be the light, consisting of Vandal Savage, Rachel Gould, Lex Luthor, the uh, Bialian Queen Bee, Ocean Master, Brain, and the Brain, and Clarion the Witch Boy are finally revealed. Okay, well, I have a problem with this uh, summary, actually, because... Mm-hmm. the the light wasn't planning the of didn't plan the Injustice League reveal. No, they just, it just conveniently happened, and they just ra- rolled with it. Yeah, it's like okay, if the Justice League think that they were the ones behind all the shit, let let them believe that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so this is the episode where um, they, Batman devises a plan that well, pretty much every major city in the world is being attacked by uh, Poison Ivy's plant. Mm-hmm. And Batman devises a plan where it's like, we have to make it look like every member of the Justice League is attacking these plants. Meanwhile, the team is going to covertly attack the the base of the, the villains. Yeah. So they don't see you coming. And that leads to a whole thing. And just as a fail-safe, uh, Aqualad brings Dr. Fate's helmet which he eventually does use to help defeat him. And he almost doesn't come back because Calderon is actually skilled with magic, mm. but he's not skilled enough. No. So that's strike two for the human world against Dr. Fate. Yes. 
Keep that in mind, people. Keep that in mind. <sighs> okay, so what were your thoughts on this? I really enjoyed this episode because I love the Injustice, Injustice uh, gang here, but... You see actually Joker kill a few people. That's my problem. Not not him killing. It's Joker itself. I think this is a terrible Joker it performance. It is not a funny Joker. It, because it, Everything falls flat. Yeah. I, I mean, it is Brett Spiner, the guy who played Data on Star Trek. Yeah. And I'm just like, it was just like, it was like, I, I enjoyed everything about this episode except for that. And like, almost to the point, like, I really want to skip this. Like, <laughs> like I wanted to. Like, I was I watching it. And it's like, okay, the final fight with, with every, all the Injustice League and uh, the team. And I'm just sitting there like, how funny would it be if Joker channeled the Batman brain and the bull Joker just go through like, hmm, too bomb, too explosive. Stop it. Ah, pie. You see, like, that would be appropriate. But, like, for this, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, thank God Captain Vertigo and Black Adam are here because otherwise I'd be like, no, I really don't want to watch this episode. Yeah. Like, I actually would... want to know Renee's opinion on what, how Black, uh, how Poison Ivy looks in this, this episode. Good question. He's actually, he was actually texting me early in the night, too. But Text him. We need to know. I don't think he's watched the show, though. I'll send you a picture of, of her because I really want to know because uh, Renee, our friend Renee, is obsessed with Poison Ivy. Like no shit, he bought like a two hundred dollar figure of Poison would you, Ivy. Which he did eventually sold. He did sell it. Yeah, Aww. he needed the cash. Okay, but your feelings in this episode overall? I like this episode. I mean, it still it goes back to um, the. Um, the bah, 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 the Doctor Fate subplot, yeah. Which, like I said, I love that one. Mm. Um, and one of the best things about this episode is that um, they start treating the team with more serious situations. And like, obviously, it's a dire need that the team has to go out and stop the Injustice Gang here. And so, Batman's like kind of put into an ultimate. Like, I have to use them, otherwise, like we may not be able to stop them. So. I hope you're up to the task because you're gonna have to do this for us, and they finally do stop the Justice Gang. The lights, like, whew, wow, we're gonna use this as uh, this is an uh, this is very convenient for us. Yeah, and we're gonna roll with it, and so they do. Yeah, yeah, and then after that is the next episode. Humanity. The team and Zatanna are on the hunt for Red Tornado, determined to find out once and for all whether the robot was the mole. So this is episode um, Zatanna is finally uh, Zatanna and Zatara. Well, Zatara was introduced the last episode of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Zatanna was introduced in this episode, which it's funny actually when they finally introduce Zatanna, we actually see Robin is actually a boy, a kid in puberty. Yeah, because it's like this is Zatanna, and Megan goes, "Hi, I'm Robin." <laughs> yeah, and Mila like, like whoa. He, like, he pulled a Wally right there. He pulled a Wally, which isn't something that he normally does. Yeah. So, I, I love that. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the character Zatanna, which I feel like she's an underused character, which I still need to see um, Dark Justice League. Or Justice Black. League Dark? Justice League Dark. Which, I, I enjoyed it. You did? I, I, it, like, as, like, like, the director. Dead Man is actually a funny, like, a sad yeah. but funny character. Oh, he's hilarious in this. Yeah. And. I love how he has, like, like big Batman. Like, you know, bing, bing, bing. And, <laughs> uh, I, oh, I think it's uh, the actress is Matt Ryan, who did, who played Costi on the TV show. He crushes it here. Okay. Uh, I wish Swamp Thing was in it more. Uh, but, um, 
one of my favorite characters, Etrigan the Demons, ate it a lot. Etrigan! And, and oh, they don't have an Etrigan episode in this. No. I but, think they show him at one point, but they never actually have Etrigan. And there was a moment in, um, when I was talking about, like, on uh, the Real Fans for Real uh, uh, Movies podcast page, when I was like, oh, I'm watching this. And somebody asked me, like, in the comment, like, what did you think of it? Like, And I wrote my review in rhyme. Like Etrigan the Demon, and the guy's like, "Oh fuck you!" That was like, <laughs> really you had to do that. I'm like, "Yep, yeah. I had to." But uh, okay, so getting back to this, Zatanna's not a member of the team yet, right? But she kind of really wants to be. Yeah. So but, she allows Zatara doesn't want her to. No, Zatara doesn't, but because he's our overprotective father. Mm. But she allows the team to conveniently kidnap her while they go try to uh, hit. While they go try to find uh, Red Tornado, and because it's assumed that if. He went with his brothers and sisters. They probably went back to their creator. Yes. So they hit up uh, Doctor Ivo at Bell Rev because, like, <laughs> okay, fucking... yeah, because Doctor Hugo Strange owes them a favor. Yes. He wasn't supposed. They weren't supposed to get any information out of him, but because Zatanna has like a truth spell. Yes. Ivo blurbs out all his knowledge of the location, and it's like you just see him go like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And even Doctor Hugo going like, mm, this was a really horrible idea. Yes. So, which they find out that, uh, I forget the name, his, the creator's name. T.M. T.O. Morrow. Oh, T.O. Morrow? Yeah. Okay. He's, his, uh, his lair is located under, uh, Yellowstone. Yes. So, and he use he uses the data from, uh, he explains who, uh, Red Torpedo, Red... Inferno. Red Inferno and Red Tornado are. Which I feel bad about for them. I did too. Because Red Torpedo was an android that could harness the power of the sea and who was designed to think he was human, but he re- soon realized that he wasn't human and he just kind of like killed, had, him, killed himself, didn't he? Like, it, it sounds like it. Yeah, like he has an existential crisis and just like kind of stuff himself out. And then Red Inferno, which had a different name, I guess was given human skin or something. And, and didn't know that she wasn't and then she got destroyed. Yeah, because she had too much of a power to go do justice. Yeah. Um, and then Red Tornado is like, okay, well, I'll just make Red Tornado as the, he knows he's an android and has like a Pinocchio thing. Right. But he's eventually going to take down the Justice League from within, but because of his hero-ness, overrode him and actually took down Tio Amaro. Yeah. Who also happens to be an android, android himself. Which we find out once Tio Amaro makes Red Volcano. And that gets really intense towards the end. But it was like kind of like those like lackluster endings. I thought like, it, 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 it 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 resolved itself rather quickly. Yeah, that's saying it's a bad thing. I think the it's... emotional beat at the end saves the episode when Reginald goes to meet the real Tio Morrow. Yeah, yeah, who's who's like in a vegetated state, like in his late life. Yeah, yeah, that was a little like touching. But Red Red uh, Red Tornado kind of convinces uh, Red Inferno and. Red Torpedo to sacrifice themselves to destroy Red Volcano before uh, Red Volcano causes a supernova. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's a big deal. A little bit. Cause nuclear winter and all that shit. Yarp. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was that episode. Yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, it's an enjoyable episode. It just felt rushed. Like, this would be a good two-parter. Yes. So, after that, we have the episode Failsafe. This is episode, uh, 
this is an episode that you compare to with uh, Over the Edge from Batman yes. the Animated Series. So, failsafe, during an alien invasion, the team face uh, the ultimate challenge where they are forced to replace the fallen Justice League. However, the team later learns that the invasion was a mental training simulation containing an unwinnable scenario held by Martian Manhunter and Miss Martian's unexpectedly powerful psychic talents caused them to all forget that the experience was a simulation. Yes, it, it was a holodeck Kobayashi Maru that went awry. Yeah, it, it was just to see how they would handle an unwinnable situation, but they were able to pull out whenever, like, whenever possible. That was a, what was explained at the end. I didn't really like this episode. No, because I remember I texted you during the episode, and I loved because I got emotional when like they're like, all dying. They're all dying, and you're like, Jesus Christ! It's like, is this like? I'm like, I know there's other episodes, but I'm like, sixteen. I'm, I'm like, time travel? Is this? We're on episode sixteen of twenty six. What happens to the last ten episodes? And I'm like, so what happens to like? Ha- is like there has to be? It must be. It must be a teleporter. They're probably in a prison or something like that. What have you? And then I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, they're actually dying. What what was going to happen? And it shows like, oh, it's a simulation. And I I literally said, oh fuck you. That that like it was such a cheap. It, it, it's that stereotypical writing tro- uh, trope. Yeah, I mean like trope. What tro- trope? Trope. Thank you. I mean like perchance to dream. Obviously, that was a dream. But perchance to dream was good because he figured it. Out and it was him at later trying him trying to get out of that dream. Yes, over the edge. It was a fear induced coma. Yeah, but it was the most what the fuck situation we've ever seen. Yeah, and it does follow the same beats of like over the edge but because you, you start killing off people right at yeah, the beginning. You're but like, even Wait. In f- over the edge, it, you, but even if you didn't like that twist ending, it still had that emotional like ending where you're like okay that made this episode worthwhile between barbara and jim gordon yes where jim gordon essentially says i kind of know what you're up to and you don't need my approval or to tell me anything right which is like okay that's sweet this episode it was just like the fuck yeah and naturally it's miss uh miss martian and robin are the last two living survivors Mm. of course robin of course because he would be the last man standing because he was trained by batman of course moving on but yeah, there's this ep- nothing really comes out of this episode. No. It's just there. Other uh, than the potential what abilities McGann has. Yeah, but we already knew but we're already told mentioned the fact that she's already a powerful psychic because but we don't know to what extent because Marsha Manhunter is to now worried about her because of her abilities. Yeah. So the next episode the, okay, I take that back. There is something that comes out of this episode. And it's in the next episode called Disordered. Uh, still traumatized by the training exercise that went wrong, the team attempts to work through their feelings with Black Canary. Meanwhile, Superboy's pet sphere comes to attention of the people who previously possessed it, called the Forever People. Okay, this is another episode that was just kind of like, I couldn't care less about the Forever People. No, I mean, like, Jack Kirby's and Fourth World ideas and, like, the new gods, tremendous stuff. Yeah. However, this is a fucking boring episode. Actually, I don't think I a boring episode. It's a conversations between the team and Black Canary about what happened that scenario, especially between uh, Robin and Black Canary, are very powerful stuff. Yeah, because it has. And, and I love Superboy's admits that like yeah, like he's the first one that admits that like I don't like he doesn't have emotional response to. 
Yeah, Superboy doesn't care. No, and then, like, that, that frightens Black Canary. Yeah. But Robin, the one that you thought would be the most okay, yeah. was the most traumatized by it. Granted, he is the youngest of the group, other than Yeah, but this Shazam. is the guy who tra- was trained by Batman. But he's still a kid, nonetheless. Yeah, and we essentially have him admitting he doesn't want to ever be Batman. No. He doesn't want this Batman's life or anything like that. No, which would leads to the decisions that he would later make in life. Yeah. But I felt, felt like the conversations between Black Canary and the team were the most powerful part of this episode. I couldn't care less about whatever else was happening. No, we find out Sphere is actually a vehicle and can be used to be transformed into a kind of mech suit for the Forever People. And, or a hover bike. Hover bike, yeah. I, I like that development. It just, it's an excuse for him not to fly in the bio ship, uh, uh, Miss Martian's bio ship. No. I mean... Well, we get to st- we get to see stuff from Apocalypse, which is always cool. But. Yeah, more boom tubes and shit like that. I mean, wouldn't you want to be? Would you love to get around by boom tube? Yeah, as long as like fucking um, uh, the female version of uh, Rupert Thorne isn't on the other side. That's true. <laughs> it was Rupert Thorne with boobs. I'm yeah, sorry, it was. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Secrets. Artemis and Zatanna go to Manhattan for a girls' night out after learning that Superboy and Miss Martian are a couple. While out, they get chased by a dangerous psychopath named Harm. Meanwhile, Wally, Megan, and Connor attend a Halloween party at Megan and Connor's school. Yes, it's the, ho- it's the inaugural ho- Halloween, Halloween episode. And I actually thought this was actually a good Halloween episode. Yeah. It, it, because the, main, the character Harm... Uh, uses a Beowulf sword that's on display at the history natural his, museum natural history in New York City and the, the rumor is Beowulf sword can only be unsheathed by a person with a pure heart harm is a pure heart, has a pure heart of evil yes. so he was able to draw the sword and use it except harm got a little annoying because harm talks in the third person harm Harm is annoying because of his third-person abilities. Dakota finds this annoying because Dakota feels Harm is annoying because he talks in the third person. Tim finds third-person uh, conversation also annoying. See? Dakota is very displeased with this conversation. Yes. The, I mean, <laughs> we find out that Harm murdered his sister to be in order to be... What was his sister's name? Oh. Secret. No, no. Seagull's name this the name of the shop across the street where she, that's where that's the last thing she saw when she died. Yes, okay. Because the uh, Artemis and Zatanna are being visited by Harm's ghost, ghost sister. Yeah. I and, mean, like, how cool would it be if Gentleman Ghost showed up as well at that point? Oh my god. Gentleman, oh my god, gentleman ghost. Or even Dead Man. Dead Man would be perfect for the situation. Yeah, but I feel like Zatanna would is the perfect for because it is a darker episode and she deals with it, magic. magic, yeah. And Artemis she believe she believes in magic and all that stuff, but though she's very still skeptical, ske- well, not that's, skeptical, but she, that's like Wally's degree. But she was the one beating on him for the whole magic skepticism, right? So, but on the flip flip side, you actually have a more human um, moment with Wally, Megan, and Connor at the Halloween school Halloween party. Yeah, when which, they pull uh, a prank on a kid. Actually, if you look a lot, like a lot of kids in this whole like are dressed up like superheroes. The one big jock guy is dressed up in a variant of Superman's costume. Yeah, which I thought was a great little nod of the hat. Yeah. So that was I thought that was like appropriate. I mean, we get the episode because um, we'll get more into this. But Artemis had a crush on Superboy. Yeah. But in this episode, 
Um, she realizes realize that Megan and Connor are dating. Yeah, mainly because Zatanna is like, so how long have they been dating? Like, Artemis didn't. Pick, I mean, Artemis and Wally are the last two to pick up on it. Yeah. Uh, so Zatanna mentioning it to Artemis completely like made her like see th- like finally realize, it, and she gets pissed. Yeah. That's why she because Zatanna and Artemis were originally supposed to go to this Halloween party, right? But they decide to go do Halloween in New York City. Now, I've been in that situation before where I'm an outsider looking in on a group of people, and I know those two people, and I'm like, they're going to end up together. Yeah. And lo and behold, I was right. Yeah. So, I can see where Zatanna's coming from here, because, like, you're, like, you can't see the forest from the trees. You can't see the trees from the forest. Like, that's how close they're in and everything. And I understand that... Artemis one and because like they eventually stop a bunch of criminals along the way and at one point she's beating the ever living crap out of one dude because of it and like Zan's like you don't really oh okay okay and it doesn't, it doesn't argue with the fact that she's beating the ever living shit out of a guy because of it yeah but. and so cool episode yeah it's a good if for a Halloween episode it's really it work it works very well yeah uh so the next episode is called misplaced when uh, no wait. Yes, it's misplaced. I love this episode. Oh, my God. When every adult on the planet disappears because of the spell cast by Clarion, the witch boy, wizard, Watan, Wantan, Wotan. Wantan, don't blink. You know, Felix Faust and Blackbriar Thorn. Uh, only the team, Zatanna and Billy Batson are left to figure out what's going on. Yes! <laughs> Um, uh, this, en- this essentially, this episode essentially ends the, uh, Dr. Fate subplot. Yes. Which I thought was beautifully done. Yeah. But, um, so essentially, um, the, the Lord of Chaos and all of his minions, all his followers pretty much set up this thing where it's going to separate the adult world from the kid world. So it splits the world in two parallel dimensions where only everyone 18 and older is trapped in one and everyone 17 and younger is trapped in the other. Right. And chaos is going on in both worlds. Right. So, and Billy Batson and AKA Captain Marvel or Shazam is the only one that can travel between both. However, nobody knows besides Batman that Billy Batson is Shazam and can do this. And, oh, my God, it leads to this ultimate fight at the very end, but it goes poorly for the team against these guys. Uh, and they bring Dr. Fate's helmet along, and Zatanna puts on the helmet and fights off, uh, sorry, I'm Clarion. Gonna, Clarion. And then at the very end of the fight, they, like, unite the two worlds together, and Dr. Fate is there, and it's like, okay, all right. Give us back Satana. No. What? And it's like, wait a second. What? You gave back the other two guys. It's like, what about, uh, what about, um, Ken? Uh, sorry. Um, Ken Nelson. Ken Nelson, yeah. And Dr. Fate's going, I took, I sent him, I sent, I sent him to the beyond. So it's like, What? Because he got because Doctor Fate was annoyed by him pleading everyone's case that went to the helmet, so he sent them to the afterlife. Yeah, it's like holy shit. A, a one thing is like good; he's no longer stuck in this limbo inside the helmet. He's yeah, but he's no longer there to protect them. Yeah, and then but it's like Doctor Fate's like this. Bo- 
this body is perfect for my needs. She understands the, she understands uh, the true power of magic. She uh, is young and youthful. She's strong. She's everything I want. And Zatara, her father is like, no, you can't have her. She's my, she's my daughter. And it's like, well, what, what do you propose? And then Zatara is like, well, take me instead. Because, one, I'm more mature in the ways of magic and more advanced than she is. Yeah. And my body is just as physically fit as it ever has been. Yeah. And Dr. Fate's like, okay, but you better promise yeah. that you're going to put me on once, you take, once I release her. And then it's just an emotional thing where it's like he releases her. Like, oh, is it why put on, Then why put on the helmet? What? Why put on the helmet then? I think the helmet would eventually get its way. Yeah. It would have turned against the, but like at that point it would be like. I Yeah, I know, but it's. Yeah, but it's as hard as the man of his word. Zatara, yeah, his, his word is law. Yeah. So, and it. Zatara's, Zatara's last wish was watch over my daughter and Batman was like. We will. Yeah. And it's like, fuck Batman. God damn it, Batman. Now. <sighs> and then he t- puts on Zatanna, just like, no, come back. And just flies off. And she's left without a father or parents and everything like that. And she eventually does move into the cave to join the team. And holy shit. <sighs> now, this is the episode you told, you raved about saying you can't, can't wait for me to get up to. This is my favorite episode. Right. Now. Maybe it's because you told me so much about it. it yeah. You, not saying that was your intention whatsoever. What got me more emotional was all the parents and kids being reunited. That that part of the episode, that got me. The actual sacrifice between Star and, and Dr. Fate didn't get me as well. I mean, like it still sucked, and I did feel bad for Satana. And I was just like, ugh. But, like, the build-up to it, too, where, like, they're all in the Hall of Justice. Uh, not the Hall of Justice. Uh, Mount Justice. And they're at the same, almost the exact same time, Wally West and Colorado looking at the helmet. It's like, how desperate are we? And they're like, not that desperate. And then on the flip side, Batman and Zatara looking at the helmet. It's like, Zatara goes to Batman. How desperate are we? And Batman's like, not that desperate. Because they know the consequences of this helmet. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be a smart for that's your favorite episode, so... Yeah. But then, this is the episode where Billy Batson is revealed as Shazam, and Zatanna finally becomes a full-fledged member of uh, the, of the team. Yeah. So, it is cool. Yes. So. I love the moment where Billy Batson's in a plane with a teenager is <laughs> flying into Mount yeah. Justice, and he's like, yeah, I, my birthday's in a few minutes, like, in like, uh, midnight. How low do you turn? 18. What? And then she turns 18 and she, she goes from one dimension to the other. So Billy Bats is stuck in a plane and he can't <laughs> pilot. <laughs> and, he's like, and then he's like, oh, wait, I can turn it to uh, Shazam. Hey, Shazam's and he catches the girl from falling to her death. Yeah. And he gets him out just. He's like, you're here. And they're like, Captain Marvel, where have you been? It's like, I was in a world with no adults. And that's how they figure out what happened. Yeah, and he go he flips back and forth between the two worlds to explain what's going on. Yeah, and on. then like he appears in uh, Mount Justice in front of the uh, the team, and go, like as Billy Batson, it's like, oh, it's like I'm Captain Marvel, and it's like, sure you are, sure you are, and it's like, oh, really, Wally? You don't want me bringing you like pineapple pineapple juice and nachos all the time? It's like, okay, freaky. 
<laughs> Freaky that you know the shit. <laughs> and like, and then like, who who knew Captain Marvel was a ten year old? I did. Of course you did. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Next one. Okay. Next one is an episode called Cold Hearted. Kid Flash is disappointed on his birthday when he is tasked with by Batman to deliver a heart to a sick girl. While the rest of the team is sent to join the Justice League in destroying flying fortresses, causing nationwide st- snowstorm, he later realizes the mission was uh, mission was his best birthday gift yet. So descriptive, so descriptive. Okay, this this episode got me like it got the last episode got you. Okay, yeah, because really, yeah, because the end of the second act going to the third, and because all right, let's start on the beginning of the episode and work up to it. Because there is a lot that goes on in this episode. We gotta do it quick because we're like we're almost at two hours and we haven't gotten done with the rest oh of the episode. Oh god, we're on episode 20 of 26. Okay, so. Okay. So this is the episode where uh, it's his Wally West's birthday. He thinks it's the best birthday ever. Snowstorm, like, you know, like, causes the school to be closed so he can just do whatever the hell he wants. He wants to get have a kiss from uh, Miss Martian for his birth, uh, for his 16th birthday gift. He goes to the Mount, uh, goes to Mount Justice. They throw him a party and he's really, he's really trying to get Miss Martian and then Zatanna points I don't think Wally knows that those two are together. To, and Artemis like, let me tell him. And he's like, oh. And she like they do it in a silent moment where yeah. it's like you don't hear what she says, yeah. but he sees the interaction and his whole world crumbles and the day just goes to shit. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, Justice League for, and the team working together mission comes up, and Batman's like, no, 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 no. Kid Flash, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be running from Boston to Seattle with this heart. Yeah, for a queen who... For the queen of some... The same the same country that uh, Count Vertigo is from. Yes. And it's like, okay, you only have, like, six hours to do it. Yes. So he's like, ah! But he does it begrudgingly. Yes. But uh, eventually, Randall Savage stops him at once. Because Vandal he... Sa- Vandal, Savage? Vandal Savage? Yeah. Van- because he thought it was um, Barry Allen or Wally West. And he thought it was Barry Allen running. From one side of the country, he did not know it was Kid Flash. He thought it was a Flash. But he, he, but he, his purpose was to delay. Yes, the delivery. Because, because it's 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 a pure plot when it comes to like, oh, we have a timetable, we have a clicking ticking clock here to get the heart, and while he's running on fumes because he's, he hasn't eaten that much when he started his journey. Yeah, he spends fifteen minutes trying to dis- defeat Vandal Savage. Did realizes this is not going to work. Takes off. Vandal's like, all right, that should be long enough. Mm-hmm. He gets to the hospital in time, but finds out that... Or is they, told that the girls who heart is, was needed for died on the table. Yeah. And, and so they take the heart and walks away. And Wally is crushed. He's very crushed, yeah. And in the audience is because, like, because... He was showing off trying to take off Vandal Savage. And he really – and he was beating himself about those 15 minutes about it. And it's like, oh, well, she died like 15 minutes ago. Yeah. And he's like, I could have been here in 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and so he's waiting in the lobby. He's sulking yeah. in the lobby at this point. doctors run up to him and it's like, where's the heart? What do you mean? The, we have to implant the heart. The, it's like, but didn't she die? No, she's – And then you're like, oh. And then you see the guy with the heart going like, oh, shit. And so he get, he gives chase, find out it's it's Vertigo, mm-hmm. and he gets the heart back from him. Gets a heart in time, but he he fakes the the death of the queen, so Vertigo believes he's in control of the country that they're from. Mm-hmm. And on on 
it, record that he gets to saying that I'm that the I Count Vertigo does the stupidest villain thing. It's like I'm explains his plot, explains the entire plot to him. Meanwhile, he doesn't check the other side of the curtain in the room that Wally West is in, which is the queen of uh, the country that he's from. And yeah. she revokes his diplomatic immunity and has him arrested. Yes, it's like so that, funny. like that emotional moment when I thought he died. I was like. That hit me like a ton of bricks. That was very, that was very heavy. And I'm like, you f- because you feel for him, and you're like, oh, because like, Cause death, he- and death has never really been a big part of the show. Sure, you had a theoretical death between Satara becoming Doctor Fate, mm-hmm. but like, oh, this little girl died because Wally showed off. Yeah, it's also like Wally's not a bad person. He's a stupid kid. Yeah, and like he, I think in this episode he does grow up quite a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So next episode is called Image. Uh, the team is sent to the borders of Korak and when Quibri has convinced President Roman Harajavati the, that Korak and Bialya used to be one country. A covert operation against Queen Bee's forces to Korak resulted in the team encountering Garfield Logan and his mother, Mary Logan. Yeah. And dun, she, dun, dun. Who She was part of a hit TV show called... Not a hit TV. No, it wasn't a hit TV. It was, show. It was, not, it was a failed, uh, failed like eighties, nineties sitcom right. called Hello Megan. Hello Megan, and that's been hey. McGann's catchphrase the entire series. Hello Megan, and everybody's knowing wondering why she would do that, but now we find out it's because she was imitating this TV show. Yeah, not only does her look look, she looks exact. I mean, the uh, Marie Logan's son Garfield Logan, which. Some of you might be picking up why that sounds familiar. We'll get in touch on that. Um, he's like, oh, she looks he she looks like mom from like her old like acting days, and the, the rest of the team was like, what? So they put on a tape, tape of Hello Megan, and everyone was just like, what the fuck? Why does McGann look like her with the same catchphrases and the name Connor as uh, Megan's boyfriend in the show is like is now Superboy's name and just everything, and they're like. What? Yeah. And then we find out it's Simon Says who's running this kind of scheme between the two countries. Yeah, he's programming the prime, the president, the other president to give in to uh, Queen Bee's demands. Yes. Which Queen Bee then is very manipulative, which we find out this is another plot starts like the end plot comes yeah. up where Queen Bee actually knows that um, knows uh Magan's true identity. She's a white Martian. And not it, a green Martian. Yeah, she doesn't look like what she's been showing off. Does she's, she look like a monster? She looks like a like a white monster. Yeah. yeah. Because at this point we thought she was just a green Martian because the white Martians are extinct because the green Martians killed off the white Martians. Yeah. But the white but she's a white Martian. Now it's is it revealed I, I may remember them saying it does John Jones know that she's a white Martian? John Jones had to know. And he still accepted her, despite the fact what White Martians did to her, his family. Yes. Okay. I think because she, May, Megan did explain the fact that she grew up so alone that the only outlet was this old TV show from Earth. That that John Jones broadcasted to Mars. Yeah. And she absolutely fell in love with Earth and that character, and she just wanted that. Yeah. Which is very – so sad. Yeah. Right? Just like – McGon, come here. Let me hug you. Yeah, give her a hug because she really needs it. Like, ah! <laughs> she turns into the tentacle monster in Rogue One. Like, you, you will 
being temporarily insane. I like tentacle porn. <laughs> so, moving on. Alright, so, um, Agendas is next episode. Uh, at the Watchtower, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman meet with the other members of the Justice League to discuss the expanding of uh, discuss expanding its roster. Super Superboy returns to Project Cadmus to investigate a rumor that by Lex Luthor that the top secret genetics lab has created another Superman clone. Yes, yes, this was a, another good episode. Yes, because we introduced that Luthor gives um, uh, Connor. Shields that he can put on his skin so he can su- suppress his human DNA and become full Kryptonian, unlocking his full powers. Yeah, which allows him to fly, um, heat vision. stronger, heat vision. Because he fights another clone version of himself. Yeah, except a little bit more... That's a little bit more messed, messed up. Yeah, and he's more Kryptonian than man. Yeah. And at the same time, we find out that the human DNA that's actually in Superboy is from Lex Luthor. And Lex Luthor plays the whole father figure very well. Like oh, compared super- compared to Superman, what does Superman give you? Nothing. Nothing. I give you this exactly. And it cross cuts between the the discussion between the Justice League who they should have let in, and like why should we let uh, Captain Marvel here? He's a ten year old kid. Who knew he's a ten year old kid? I did. Of course you did. Batman. Yeah, because they're discussing like okay, expanding the Justice League to certain characters, and one of my, our favorite Tim and I favorite lines from it. It's like you know we need more firepower. We should add another Green Lantern. What about Guy Gardner? No, no. but what? no. <laughs> Between Hal Jordan and John Stewart, because because I think every other person on or in the Green Lantern Corps would have said no yeah. for Guy Gardner to be there. Uh, and then they're actually talking about. Uh, members of the team joining in, like Aqualad, Robin. Yeah. And then the whole discussion of what the cutoff age for it, because it's like, okay, let's address the elephant in the room. Superboy is less than a year old, yet he's a teenager. Yeah, yeah, he looks like a teenager. He has the powers of Superman. Yeah. But the elephant in the room is Captain Marvel kind of lied to everyone in here. Yeah. He's a really is a 10-year-old boy. Yeah. And, like, do we keep him? Right. And he's like, you got Marvel just going like, um, what? Yeah, but like you're gonna you're gonna bring in fucking the Atom and Plastic Man, and you're gonna yeah, which Captain Marvel starts hysterically laughing at Plastic Man. It's like that guy just cracks me up because Plastic Man is he's, hilarious. He's really ridiculous, especially in Batman Bear in the Bold, where he's actually voiced by the same voice actor that voiced SpongeBob. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, but that whole leads to the, one of my favorite conversations between Wonder Woman and Batman of the show. It's like, I knew that he was 10 years old. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. That, this is coming from the guy that introduced Robin to the crime-fighting world at the ripe old age of nine. It's like, Robin needed to bring his uh, parents' murderer, uh, parent, uh, his parents' murderer to justice. Why? So he could turn out like you, Bruce? So he wouldn't. <laughs> Another pet burn from the Cape Crusader. And... Are, is it this episode or the next episode when they reveal who the new members are? Uh, Regardless, no. Uh, so this is episode 22. Uh, 25 is where they reveal. Okay. So we'll get to that back. But yeah, yeah really cool. Red Arrow, because they're going to induct Red Arrow to the Justice League, but they want him want to know if he's a team player. So they next episode, he finally joins the team. Yeah. And that's when... 
So next episode is called Insecurity. Red Arrow joins the team and embarks on the mission with Kid Flash, Aqualad, and Artemis to track down Sportsmaster, which results in them battling Cheshire 2. Artemis discovers that uh, that Clor- Clarion, the Witch Boy, Bra- the Brain, and Professor Ivo are all working together to do something something to, to a starfish creature, which the starfish creature was brought way back, which is way back in episode eight in Downtime. Right. <sighs> the talk Brain. About, talk, talk, talk about a callback right there. Yeah. So. Uh, this episode is just okay. Yeah. It's not that memorable. It's just more keying the fact that Red Arrow is really hard on Artemis, and he really thinks that she's not a team player, and that she's actually the, still the mole uh, that pretty much is feeding information out. And Artemis in this episode doesn't exactly help her case. She's protecting Cheshire. Uh, she's protecting Sportsmaster because they're they're her family, but yeah. nobody else knows that. I mean, like my favorite moment in this episode is where like. <laughs> like Red Arrow and Artemis are back to back with their with their um bows, bows ready. ready and like are you allergic to using your radio <laughs> warning <laughs> warning firing and, and like uh, like like Artemis to Red Arrow trouble and, and <laughs> no you're Artemis to Red Arrow trouble and it's like oh that's such a snarky she, I mean Artemis is just but that's Artemis yeah. So, but yeah, this episode was just mm, yeah. Mm, yeah moving okay. on, uh, performance is the next episode. Uh, the team uh, the team goes undercover at Haley's International Traveling Circus to locate a thief stealing weapons technology across Europe. With Agent King uh, Faraday suspecting that Jack Haley's circus performers are responsible. As the circus moves locations, uh, the team encounters the thief Parasite. Meanwhile, Robin is dis. Uh, distracted as he reflects on his family's death and the possibility of Haley losing the circus if the thief isn't caught. Alright, before I jump into this, Parasite, isn't he that purple guy that from um, Super- Superman the Animated Series? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Alright, so, this episode was an emotional like, kick in the balls. A little bit, yes. Like, holy shit, because it's everyone but Kid Flash. Yeah. And Robin purposely left Kid Flash off this mission. Yes. Because Kid Flash is the, this is revealed that Kid Flash is the only person that actually knows who Robin is. Yes. And they have a phone conversation talking about it. Like, dude, like, I have all the people to leave behind. Why me? I yeah. Mean, I, I, I could be your backbone. Yeah. Like, seriously, come on. So, but essentially, Haley's International Traveling Circus is being pinned for stealing all this technology across Europe. And so they go uh, undercover as the Danger Brothers and Sisters or something yeah. like that in Haley's Circus. And, okay, maybe this is a bad thing, but, like, you watched Archer, right? Archer, yeah. Yeah. You, I, I forget if it was, I forget which episode it is, but it takes place entirely on a train. Uh... It may be a newer episode, but... Um, for some reason, like that episode was in the back of my head the entire time. I was, it, I was waiting for like, like it had a very from Russia with a love feel. To yes, it. and I'm like, well, there's an ocelot back here, Babu. Yes, the <laughs> ocelot. It remembers me. Like I was expecting to see him running in the background as his battle is going on. I do not know why. Maybe that took me out of this episode, uh, but we get to see. Connor fucking roid out in this with using the shields that Luther's using as a as a drug to make himself bigger, stronger, mm-hmm. faster. Yeah. 
Uh, he turns himself into underdog pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, but, yeah, no, but it was a – really what sold this episode the most was the final conversation between Haley and and Dick. Who he knows who he is. Yeah, he's like – Haley was like, listen, kid, you, you're saying you're one person, but I know, I know it's you, Dick. Nobody else – once you see a flying Grayson, you'll you never, never forget. forget and I, that moment, I love. It's just like, oh, it does he? He does one final performance. Does he come back as the as still as on their cover or as Dick Grayson? I think as the cover still. Okay, but it, that was just so like you're just like it's bittersweet. Dick, come here. I want, give me a hug. Yeah, you just you need like you really need it. Like, I'm like I, mean, I doubt you're getting a hug from Batman. So maybe later. <laughs> You always say that. Alfred, hug Robin. Yes, sir. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, okay. Uh, usual suspects. Give me the keys. Of of course, I got Hand me the keys, you fucking cocksucker. Red Arrow Icon, Plastic Man, the Atom, and Dr. Fate are welcomed into the Justice fate, League fate, while fate. Icon's protege, uh, Rocket, joins the team. During the ceremony, the team receives an alert that, about Cheshire boarding a plane. After finding a pl- the plane crashed, the group is attacked by the Riddler, Cheshire, Mammoth, and Shimmer. After winning the battle, the team recovers a suitcase containing heavily modified starobiology technology. Biotechnology. Yes. So... My favorite moment of this episode is when they're introducing the entire the new members of the team. The Adam is in his shrunken state. Yes, and he's holding up the business card. They're saying these parts of Justice League, and almost topples him over because he's standing on somebody's shoulder. And he's like, "Whoa, shit!" For some reason, I, I just found that really humorous. Uh, You're a doctor. You could fix him. I'm not that type of doctor. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and. <laughs> Keep going back to Brave the Bold. Yes, like it's obvious that we need to cover that. And um, so, so what do we do? I don't know. Punch them. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, we get like, this. Is this when? Um, this is the end. At the end of this episode, it is revealed that the mole all along has been Red Arrow. Yeah. Because Red Arrow, like, finally getting to the Watchtower, uses the Starro biotechnology to implant into all members of the Justice League to fall under the control of the Light, or specifically Vandal Savage. Yes. And that's when shit gets real. And after he's completed this, the programming that um, Red Arrow uh, has been going through finally snaps, and he realizes who, what, what his purpose was. Mm-hmm. And he's like almost disgusted with himself. Right. And yeah, it's a really like, holy shit moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that was, but the, but the team finally finds the control chip at the very end. Of, they start analyzing like, what the fuck is this? And even like red tornado has that kind of like red tornado susceptible to it, which, which because is it's, because it's biomedic. It's, bi- it's, it's both. It's, because it's a combination of science and magic. Yeah. So it can be worked on set, uh, on both organic and inorganic people. Uh, However, persons. there was a moment of has it was a moment of acquisition into his physiology and his his program was able to put up a fire like a wall around it just enough time to like save himself. Yeah. Yeah. And 
And I love that moment when they transfer his consciousness into the new body. Yeah, which is in the next episode. Yes. Uh, all the acquaintances. And I love the moment when he immediately gets in the new body. He's like, run! Yeah, because uh, Black Canary shows up. It, it, because we're all in the mind control yeah, at this point. Yeah, and I forget how they figure out how to counteract the mind control. It's a little... A little too convenient that they f- how they figure it out. Uh, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you have the like the battle, but they fu- like the team eventually infiltrates uh, because now the Justice League is hunting the team down. Yeah. So but, and Speedy's a clone. Red Arrow's a clone. Yeah, we find out that Speedy is a Cadmus clone. Is a Cadmus clone, and the real Speedy has like one ar- has one arm. And has been on ice for, like, the last year. Yes. And everyone, all the members of the team going, like, he's our best friend, and we never knew. He, he was he was the mole the entire time. He was the mole the entire time. But, I was the mole the entire but time. we didn't know that he was, like, he was the cl- he was a clone. Yeah. But then, I mean, season two has the more of the whole, like, I'm a clone. And, uh, it's my clone, and baby. Spe- Speedy going, like, what the fuck happened to my arm? Yeah. One of them grows like a super long beard and gets all like dr- like really weird. Okay, yeah. I'll roll with that when I watch it. But no, but in this you have the battle of the watchtower, and um, you get to see everyone fight fight uh, their counterparts is pretty much. But you get the ultimate fight between Robin and Batman and, and Superman and, and Superboy, and it's just like, oh, don't they switch places because to defeat? Yeah, because they they know they cannot, because they're so trained for that style of fighting that throwing them for a loop mm-hmm. is able to then able yeah. to defeat them. Also, Robin does take out a shit ton of kryptonite from the Batcave before they head up. Of course, so. of, co- of course, of course. But this, but the season ends on a cliffhanger where we find out that. Um, the Justice League disappeared from the Milky Way for like sixteen five, hours. Sixteen hours, and they're like, "We have no idea what we did in those sixteen hours." Yeah, which we will find out in season two. Yeah, which we don't specifically find out what they do, but shit, they did some shit. And it's New Year's, so Robin gets a kiss from Santana. Artemis it. gets uh, the kiss. Wally, Wally gets a kiss. Uh, Artemis, mm-hmm. and of course, McGann and Superboy and Superboy. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that Oliver Queen and uh, Black Canary. Black Canary going at Which we skipped over a part. <laughs> I love how we both jumped to the same, probably the same moment. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in couples, I guess. Yeah. Because, yeah. So, but that's, yeah, that's every episode. Woo! <laughs> All right. Characters. All right. Let's talk about characters then. Let's go with it. Let's do an alphabetical order so we won't show any favoritism to anybody. So, sure. let's start with uh, Aqualad. Your feelings on Aqualad in season one. Aqualad, I liked Aqualad. I mean, he sometimes he got like a, he got a little pretentious because like how overly proper he is and everything mm. like that. But as a general rule, he is the one that makes the most sense to lead the team. Uh, which I'm happy that the team like it's not just Robin leading the team because they showed how disastrous that was. So having Aqualad there uh, really helped. Really made the show like connect, mm. but uh, Aqualad in general, I thought is a very good character. Like I said, it gets a little pretentious, but at some point, but you can understand where he's coming from. I mean, they did uh, one episode for him. I believe that's like the third or fourth episode. I forget which one now. I know we just did the, uh, mm-hmm. we just did the shows. I lost yeah. a piece of paper, um, but where he um, 
pretty much uh, like goes back to tell, tell the story about how he had to choose between being Aqualad and just um, Calderon. Yeah. And he chose Aqualad. Right. So you got to see, like, okay, this guy is really – he's in it for the long haul. Yes. So, But as a general rule, I do like Aqualad. Yeah, and but, like, going, going back to you saying that he seems a little pretentious, but you, you think of all the other teen angst and kind of – all the other characters that are going through their development at this point, mm-hmm. it's nice to see somebody who's kind of reached a, a certain degree of level-headedness. Yes. And who's more mature than everybody. And I think it's a nice dynamic between him and everybody else in the, the team. And I do agree that he he's probably... I would have chosen him to be the leader to begin with because yeah. he just seems the most person in charge and in control of his own... Um, he seems the most mature out of the group. Right. And... Not saying that he's perfect and it's like, all right, I'm never, I never make a mistake or anything. He does have his moments of doubt. There's like that yeah. one episode where, like we mentioned before, where everybody becomes really scatter, scatterbrain when it comes to all the cat, when uh, all, all the orders, when everybody thinks there's a mole in the team and he's investigating and nobody trusts him and he puts his foot down to get everybody back in line. So mm-hmm. I think that's really, I think that's a really good attribute for him to have. And that was a really great moment to show that. But so yeah, Aqualad, I really enjoyed him in the first season. I can't wait to see what they do in the next season. So let's move on. Let's start with Artemis. So Artemis, I liked. I mean, she. I think we mentioned before that she's a very abrasive character at first, right. but you learn that she has that hard outer shell because she's actually very a very sensitive person on the inside. Mm-hmm. And the more you find out about her, the more you can understand why she's so guarded. Um. Yeah, we already mentioned the fact that, she, like, Sportsmaster's her father, Cheshire's her sister, and her mother was Huntress. Mm. And, um... I wonder what Thanksgiving's like. Oh. For me, it seems like Thanksgiving doesn't really happen in that household. No! I mean, I mean, two, like, half of the family's probably killing some international person of interest at that on that day, so probably yeah. not. Okay, question for you. Is Huntress in the show Japanese? I'm not sure. It, because she's not, she's not white. Let's put it like that. No, but it's kind of questionable what she is. Because at first I thought she was Hispanic, but she doesn't seem it at the same time. Right. Because of Cheshire. Yeah. So I'm not 100 percent sure what they are. She definitely, she definitely seems like she's mixed race. Yeah, because her art. I mean, Artemis's last name is Croc. Artemis Croc. Yeah, because she's still a crock of shit. That's it's a why. crock of shit. That, that's <laughs> writing. <laughs> I mean, uh, we forget people who really love Artemis and everything like that. But it's just going back to what you saying about her, like a character and everything. Like I, I, I'm not too sure uh, what like nationality she hails from, but she's a fun character. Oh yeah, and, and but there's. She, you, I can see what people have an annoyance with her because mm-hmm. she definitely does generate a lot of conflict due to her outer shell, due to her kind of abrasive feelings towards people and herself. Yeah. And, like, it could become tiresome and you'd just be like, oh, like, no, why, why do we really need yeah, her? Yeah, no, uh, her secret identity, though, calling yourself Artemis and your first name is Artemis seems silly. Well, I mean, but... just, just ask Cato. Let's see if that ever worked out for him. Yeah, I mean. True. But, uh, like, for Artemis, I think that's, like, a lesson Batman should have done, like, pulled her aside. Like, this is how you keep a secret identity and not make people, like, hate you for it. I don't think it's a lesson that even Batman's learned. But it's, it's the goddamn Batman. It is the Batman, but, like, are you telling me that 
his relationship as Bruce Wayne is perfect with every other person he deals with. I bet you there's a bunch of broken hearts no, across Gotham. No, as otherwise. a superhero, like how like he. I mean, not. I don't think every member of the Justice League knows he's Bruce Wayne. No, I think probably maybe only a two select th- few. Yeah, like probably the, within the Trinity. Yes, I mean that's why I love um, in Jeff Johns' run of Justice League in the New Fifty Two. Um, there's a moment where everybody's walking down a hallway and Superman's in the back, floating and listening as everybody's having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And Greenland is like, "Why is he doing that? Why, like, why are you so quiet and just kind of listening on and, and everything?" And Batman's like, well, sounds very much a reporter. Like, if you ask me, Clark gives him a look, and Batman gives him another look, and he's like, do you guys really know each other? Like, yes, we know who we really are, and but that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, which do we have to do um, that Batman Superman movie? Yes, I mean, I know like for future things that's coming up, like, I want to cover the Wonder Woman animated movie before the Wonder Woman. Yeah, uh, I have yet to see that. I've only seen bits and pieces, but I have I've not heard seen great it. things about it as well as. Um, I know eventually down the line to cover the Green Lantern like TV series that was on Netflix for a while. The 3D animated one? Yes. Okay. But um, getting back to the yes, point. Yeah, so, so Artemis, yeah, she grows on you once the, <laughs> in the words of Donkey, like layers. Oh, no, no, like Shrek, like layers. It's like like um, an onion. Like an onion. We Hot have... face. Everyone loves, <laughs> cakes. Everyone no. loves cakes. No. And so, yeah, no, it's like she has layers to her, and as the series goes on and we start to get those kind of breadcrumbs that lead up to what the true revelation is about where she comes from and everything, it's because of those little moments that we as an audience start to uh, gravitate towards her more, and then she becomes an integral part of the ep- of the the team. Mm-hmm. And I love the moment where her and Red Arrow are out on an assignment, and they immediately have an animosity towards each other because they do not trust each other. No, they had an animosity the first, the, the like, three seconds after they introduced Artemis to the show. Yeah, because, I mean, they're both the same. You're not Green Arrow's niece. Yeah, and, like, they're both the sidekicks of Green Arrow, so they're like, all right, there's obviously, it's probably the same rivalry that Tim and, I mean, that Jason probably had with Dick. Mm. Um, Because Jason always thought he was never as good as dick and he tried to push himself to become the better robin yeah tim recognizes that happened to jason and he's like i don't want to fall down that path and that's why he chose a different path and that's why he became the better detective out of the two of them i probably superseded as detective skills than batman yeah isn't it like uh dick grayson is like yeah the idealism of batman yes and the jason ties the ferocity of batman tim drake is the detective work of batman and uh damian is wayne the is warrior the war uh the, and, it was, I remember that you posted that picture between the, yeah. you, Zach, and I in that group that you found that. Like, Damien was something like more like he is like the core of Batman. Like right. He's and everything. He, right. Because, well, he's Batman's son. son. He would have that. The blood son. Yes. Which, I hope you like that one comic I sent you. With, yes, uh, I did. Okay. Last words on Artemis. Uh, I like her. She, uh, as the series grew, like went on, you continue to like her more and more. Right. All right, moving on. Uh, we got Kid Flash. Kid Flash, which I are we not talking about relationships at all? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I'll t- mention this after I do talk about Kid Flash. Kid Flash or Wally West is just you, you feel bad for him because he's so like I'm obnoxious. He's a, oh, I'm not. He's lovable though. Yeah, like, you never go like oh my god, get off screen. Yeah, he's not Jar Jar Binks. I was, I was gonna say like like he's a Jar Jar Binks. Like I, I, that's what like that's like I saw the synopsis of my brain click when you said that like <laughs> a, a, like obnoxious. You want to get off screen? I know who you're talking about. <laughs> go on. Yeah, but he 
it's funny because like he like he's playfully obnoxious and not a detriment to the show. He provides a lot of the comic relief to it. Um, he's either the source of comic relief or the butt end of a comic relief joke. Yeah, like uh, the one episode, it's like we Batman couldn't find him, so it's meaning they searched all the logical areas. So we need a totally ill illogical s- solution. And they, everyone in the everyone looks at Wally. He looks around like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> that's like he's dumb or anything like that. He no, has, he's he, super smart. I mean, yeah. he was able to, uh, for the most part, replicate uh, what happened to Flash, Barry Allen, yeah. to give himself, uh, to connect him to the Speed Force. Right. Uh, not as well as Flash did. No. We'll see that later. Yeah, I presume he, he develops to become a better speedster in season two. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, your fucking poker face you are. Maybe. Yeah, there's a reason why Zach's in Vegas and you're not right now. My, 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 my. my poker face, my, my poker oh, face. My, 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 my. My, my. <laughs> so, but no, I love Kid But Kid Flash is like, he thinks he's the biggest part about his character. He thinks he's such the ladies' man. And he he's hitting on Miss Martian the entire... For most of the season one, until he realizes that uh, Miss Martian and uh, Superboy are going out, yeah, and he he just tries so hard to like get into her pants, and meanwhile, like Artemis is there, and they are so ha- like hate each other from like the from like day one, yeah. Um, but that eventually kindles into a rela- relationship, right? So but very much like if you for Buffy the Vampire's slayer fans you get like xander and cordelia they hated each other from like get-go and then it, it reached such a boiling point they had they started making out just to get over it, and then they became a couple after that so oh. somewhat like this yes yeah. um and but- i love the fact that it was artemis that broke the news to wally oh, well artemis was being a bitch i wouldn't say that are, are you telling me you have not taken pleasure at bringing bad news to somebody no i never have Prude. Douche. No wonder you got Slytherin House. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm going to be successful and everything like that. It doesn't mean I'm going to go bad. If it happens to I go bad, we know the cult. We know the reason why. You're in Slytherin. Uh, but no, yeah, Artemis breaks to the new... Because in the Halloween episodes, Zatanna... We mentioned before, Zatanna points out to Artemis that, oh, what are they, how long have they been going out? And Artemis is like, what? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and then uh, eventually on the I think it's cold hearted where that episode where while well, he has to run the heart, the heart transplant across country, right? That was the episode where Artemis broke it to uh, Kid Flash. Yeah, because he's like, oh, it's my birthday. I accomplished something like that. I it's saved my the birthday. I'm, my birthday present is going to be a kiss from Miss Martian, and just everything is going to be gravy. Yeah, and no, no, everything was not awesome for no. him. Everything he's is awesome. awesome. Okay, well, everything is cool when you're part of a Let's team. Everything, everything is awesome. And you, and you haven't seen the Lego Batman movie, so shame. I know, I know. But Three, yeah, two, so my feelings on Wally was, yeah, like he could have been the most annoying character on screen. He could have been like the person, like, oh, Christ sakes, why can't we have the real? Why can't we have Barry Allen or Jay Garrick instead? But no, we're stuck with, with Wally West here, and. But he is so, he's so charming in his obnoxiousness yes. that you can't help but, like, you know what? And even at one point, I texted you, like, Jesus Christ, 
I am Wally West. <laughs> and you're like, what do you mean? And I, and I run down the attributes that he's, uh, uh, that you could say is a detriment to him. And I'm like, that is totally me because I am obnoxious at times. Look at me. I'm pun. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the pun master. I think that would be my super, really? that would be super Thank villain name. God. Oh, that would be a great super villain name. The pun master? The pun master. I mean. I mean, you'll give run Riddler out. Like, <laughs> Riddler would kill himself, probably. I mean, he, he would just try to figure out, like, why I had such a, I would, I had such a uh, hard-on for or, uh, puns and everything. That would drive him uh, around the bend. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Wally West, like, he could be just, like, it could have just, like, fallen down to typical teenage schlock where it's just like, all right, yes, we got to have the one outspoken person in the group that just, like, says what's on his mind and, like, never thinks what he's never thinks about what's going to happen. But Wally does it in such a way that you just like, you know what? Love him for it. Yeah, you have to love Wally. And that he has heart, that he has integrity, and that he ha- and he also knows who Robin really is and yeah. teases him throughout the entire season. Yeah, and then when you get to the, the Flying Grayson's, like, the whole Haley Circus episode, and w- that connection between Robin and Wally, and you're going like, oh, come on. Like, yeah. Like, you've really, like, if you had any doubts about Wally, that's the episode where you, like, completely fall, fall in love with him. Yes. Because he, he, under- he gets... Where uh, where Robin's coming from. Right. So it's like, give me a hug. Come on, come on. Yeah. So, all right, next character. Miss Martian. Miss Martian. Uh, or Magan. Hello, Megan. Hello, Megan. I, I, I've done that a few a few times when I've realized something. I've slapped myself in the head and said, hello, Megan. Okay, to be honest with you, what was your reaction when you, fa- when you watched that episode where they revealed that she based her Earth life around that TV show? That did not shock me that much. What shocked me was what, like, her true form was. Yeah. That, I was like, holy shit, he's a fucking white Martian. Y- yes, the white Martian fight. Oh, I was like, whoa. Because the entire show, she's green. Yeah. She plays the green Martian uh, because she is uh, John Jones's niece. Niece. Qu- quotes. Yeah. Another fake niece amongst the team. It's, it's, a, it's the fault niece or nephew, yeah. I guess. Like, my ward. Like, oh, uh, okay. My sure. ward is a junkie. <laughs> Thank you, Green Arrow. I wish. Oh, if only Speedy was like fucking hooked on smack. Well, like that's what I love about the TV show Arrow because, like, uh, he calls like Oliver calls his sister Speedy, yeah, and she has a drug problem throughout like the first like couple seasons. So, and, like when she has like a kind of make breakdown, I was like, it's Ward is a junkie. junkie! Yeah! <laughs> All right, but anyway, so uh, Miss Martian, she's you kind of fall in love with her. Well, like, hold on, we were just chip chip. We were just cheery at the fact that somebody had a drug problem on a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I had a moment of realization. Oh, like, wait, like, what, what does that say about us? The credit is fictitious and everything, but... Yeah, that's, uh, that... That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Miss Martian, by the way. Miss Martian! You fall in love with her. Like, she's very... She's very nicely drawn. Mm-hmm. So, for people, like, looking at that. Um, but she's... She's so sweet and so innocent that you're kind of, like, going, like, okay. You buy her, like, kind of, like, her getting used to, like, Earth and everything like that. Yeah. You buy it. Um, and then her not used to all Earth customs because all she has to go on is a uh, bad 1980s TV show. Right. Um, yeah, and she, I mean, she eventually falls in love with Superboy because they're just kind of two of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Um, Superboy's has nobody because he was artificially made and he's an alien and he's an alien yeah crypt half krypton a kryptonian half human Mm. 
and she's a white Martian and she's just been like hated her entire existence on Mars. So that's why she fled to Earth because the TV show gave her hope that she could fit in. Yeah. So. And. So. And, and like like you were saying that she is so warm, like she is so charming. She is so loving. And like, even though she's like kind of like sometimes like half a step out of like when it comes to kind of customs that uh, that yeah, she's a little her, out of the loop out of the loop a little bit but she tries her dentist to fit in and it's, and she's never like oh i didn't understand that and like feel bad about it so she's like oh i'm sorry I, I hello know. megan hello megan and you're just like and you you go back to because they are teenage it is a kind of parallel for teenage life where you're trying to d- develop your own identity and you as a, your own personality seem like I'm not in tune with everybody else around me. There mm-hmm. are there are like parts of it I agree with of uh, some people, some things I disagree with other people, and there's some stuff about me that is completely unique to me that I've never found in everybody else. But if you do find in that kind of uniqueness in somebody else, you immediately lash onto them, and I feel like that that kind of quality makes the relationship that her and Connor have, mm-hmm. Superboy, really organic. And something you're like, you know what? We've all we've we've had the moment where we we've desired that kind of co- a connection with somebody. Oh yeah, and side note, they're totally banging. Of course, I mean they, there's some they drop some subtle like suggestive hu- like suggestive lines. Yeah, between the two of them, and it's just like oh, which you gotta give her credit for keeping that image of her like constant in, in the midst of ecstasy. Yeah, but just in every situation, she keeps that base image of herself there, so her white Martian form doesn't never comes out. Right. I mean, like, how bad would it be, like, like, oh <laughs> pull out, pull out. I, I mean, imagine, like, it's like, how many, like, like that? here's a drinking game rule for any episode of Young Justice. Anytime a counter yells while he's, like, in a midst attack. Oh, God. Imagine, like, you hear that sound across the cave in the middle of the night. Like, oh. They're in the cave. Just, like, <laughs> this is, like, the Wally and Robin are playing video games. And, what was that? I Nose goes. To... I was like, no, no, not going. Maybe we should get Red Tornado to go check on them. Hey, Shazam? Yeah, guys. <laughs> I think uh, Superboy needs you. Okay. <laughs> That's when Shazam became a man. <laughs> I have seen things today I was not ready for. No. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about her relationship with Connor now? Or yeah, with... might as well. Uh, actually, one of the... It's so organic, like you mentioned, it's so organic that you totally buy it. And you totally want to see them together. Yes. And like, you, like, okay, yes, they, I mean, they actually get, they understand each other uh, to the point where eventually uh, Miss Martian does show her true form to the entire group. Oh. And, which is heart devastating uh, to her, but, like, because she was afraid that uh, Superboy would reject her. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's like, why, why? A, I, a, I already knew. He said, like, like, like one of the first times they they psychically connected, he knew. Yeah, like uh, when they lost their memory. Yes. Yeah, that episode, he knew, he figured it out. Mm. But even then, he's like, and he's like, I fell in love with your personality, not the way you look. Right. And so. and I and I but found a like, screenshot of that moment. I tweeted, and it's like the tweet I've gotten the most likes. Yeah, for. because it's low, like oh, and, and because you you because every person has those moments of doubt or feelings of doubt where like you find yourself unattractive you find yourself ugly and you can you you convince yourself you're never going to find somebody who mm-hmm. fi- who finds you attractive for the way you really are 
And it sounds like my life. <laughs> I know. It sounds like a lot of people's lives, and I'm sorry, Dakota. <laughs> and you have the moment when she's at her absolute lowest when she's revealing her true form to him, and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to love you regardless. You're just like... <sighs> The feels right. The feels. Oh, but we have to talk about the uh, they opened up one episode with uh, yes, uh, her uh, security footage of Black Canary and Superboy sparring. Yeah, sparring, and then they end the sparring session with like a a big white kiss, total tonguing, and, and it's being this footage is being played back for Black Canary uh, and Green Arrow and Green Arrow and uh, Red <laughs> Tornado is the one and Red Tornado and Batman. Martian Manhunter, wasn't he? Because Martian Manhunter explains. I think it's Batman, Martian Manhunter. I don't think was it Red Tornado. Okay, maybe Red Tornado was not there. I mean, it was definitely Batman and Martian. <sighs> yes, Martian Manhunter, Red Tornado. Um, now, um, made Batman, Martian Manhunter, Green Arrow, and Black Knight. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but like, it's just like, and everybody's like, "What were you doing?" But it's like, it's Green Arrow, especially, he's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Black Harry's like, got, he's got, he's, he was about to go hang Pim on her and beat her in, in front of everybody. Yeah. And, oh, and he is Black and abuse. Uh, but Black and is like, keep watching. It's not me. I swear to God. And, and it, it does. Tra- she does transform back into Miss Martian. Yeah. And then Green Arrow just starts busting out laughing. I mean, he loses it. <laughs> and I cannot stop laughing. Him losing it. And then John Jones is like, feels so embarrassed for her. He's like, oh, that's a, that's a thing. Martian that- thing. It's a Martian thing that we do sometimes in our world. And you're like, you may have to uh, explain that to you, Miss Martian. That's kind of rude to take the form of somebody and have a physical interaction with them. Yeah. Without them knowing. So yeah, it's, like, it's different on Earth. Yeah. Because Black Canary was ready to rip her head off. Oh, God, yeah. And when, then, wouldn't you? Yeah, but then she eventually like, okay, this, it, it's a, she doesn't know better. Right. So she calms down and just kind of gently explains it with a little bit of a pissed off tone. Yeah. Yeah. So, anything else you want to talk about their relationship? Uh, no. I think we hit on all the major points on that. Right. Okay. After after Miss Martian, we have uh, Red Arrow. Yes, Red Arrow. Oh, Speedy. I'm a clone. I'm a clone, <laughs> baby. <laughs> so Speedy's not uh, even real Speedy. No, he's not. It's Roy Harper. It's a clone of Roy Harper. Makes from he's, Roy he's Harper's fake, arm. He, he's fake uh, Mad Eye. Yes. Oh God. But he doesn't know it. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, oh God. Oh God. Which that leads to some interesting stuff in season two. I can imagine. Um. But yeah. No. It just, so he was ma- he was a Katniss a Katniss clone, and he was made programmed to infiltrate become a Justice Leaguer at no matter what the cost. And feed information back to the the light with the brain. <laughs> I love saying that. The brain. <laughs> if I had mustache, I would twiddle it, but I do not. Because I'm I am a brain. brain. <laughs> Go on. But uh, he feeds the information back to the light without him knowing it. Um, because of trigger word, blo- uh, broken arrow. Right. Um, trigger. Uh, but as a general, he's kind of like the really like. To be honest with you, he's one of my least favorite characters of the show because of how like he is. You got it's an audio only. It makes I know. Of masturbating there. Okay. And you're done. <laughs> Sub thirty. No. Uh, uh, Less longer than Sidney Crosby on the ice. 
Okay. <laughs> Ian Malcolm laugh. <laughs> I bring scientists. You, you bring, bring a rock, rock star. star. <laughs> uh, no, but like he's very like. If you, it's you, the mission. Uh, it's the mission. Yeah, it's he, the mission. He is single-minded in his goal. Yeah, which I, I guess what you're saying, like before, that his his only goal was to make it on the Justice League. I think that's a that's a symptom of him trying to get on the Justice League that he becomes so single-minded and so. Um, objective oriented. I think I think I guess you can kind of rationalize like that's how kind of like you can't like you thought if Artemis was abrasive at times like Red Arrow can be even worse. But with Artemis, you find more about about her. Yeah, like all the other characters, you find more about them. Right. Um, Superboy's the, the reverse. You he he doesn't have a background, so you just he figures himself out throughout the show. Right. You know, everyone else, you figure out their background as this goes. We never learn anything about. About Red Arrow, ever. no, because he's a, he was a goddamn clone. Yeah, which uh, it, it feels a little weird because it's like Green Arrow didn't notice the swap. Robin and Kid Flash didn't notice the swap. Hey, the world's greatest, world's greatest detective didn't know that we know that he we did he has he didn't admit that he knew. He probably did. I mean, Batman knows everything. Like, which I I enjoy, but I do not love the bad god character at times. I kind of like him to be fallible and be able to make mistakes. Animated series Batman. Animated series Batman, and like when he could still get his ass kicked in a fight every now and then. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So like Red Arrow, like you feel bad for him when the moment of realization hits him. You're like, my whole life is a lie. Yeah. It's like he's waking up from the fucking matrix. Yeah. Once, but once he finishes. Trinity, shit. Why? I know Kung Fu. <laughs> now I just want to see Keanu Reeves as uh, Roy Harper in the DCEU now. It's a 50-something-year-old man playing an 18-year-old kid. Okay, maybe we'll have him play Green Arrow because we have older Batman, so older Green Arrow makes sense. Bruce Wayne. What? Why are you just like Batman? <laughs> There's a bomb. On my arrow. <laughs> Excellent! Excellent! <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, so let's wrap up Red Arrow before we go down any more black holes. Uh, it, it'll need a boom to like, like I said, he's probably like one of my least favorite, he- quote, heroes on the show. Um, but once he figures out, like, once he completes his mission, Katniss mission, then he wakes up and realizes, like, everything, and then he's like, oh, shit, now I have to fix this. Yeah. And I I do like the fact of him going about playing along that he's still, he's been reconnected to their, uh, like, their network, and it's like, why hasn't he, why, and like, and they're playing that ruse at the end, like, he should be bowing by this point, like, yep. Well, yep, I guess the jig is up, and they immediately start that, that yeah. attack and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I love that little kind of, like, sleight of hand there. Whoop, 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 whoop. It's the only heroes we could find for three stooges to take on the Justice League. I just want Plastic Man with the three stooges to take on the Justice League. Oh, God. Wise guy, eh? Take out Superman. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Anyway, Robin, Robin, the uh, Dick Grayson Robin. Mm. He is he's he's Robin. I mean, I, 
if you fall fell in love with Robin and Teen Titans, you're going to fall in love with this Robin. Yeah. Uh, it's a similar character. I mean, more serious in the show, obviously, than Teen Titans. But it's essentially the same character, same vulnerable leader. I mean, Robin is the second commander of the of the team mm-hmm. um, because he knows he's eventually going to lead this team because he has the most experience of anyone yeah. because of Batman training. Of course. And, like, he... And he can get himself in and out of situations very easily. He can help the team out in a lot of situations by, like, with his hacking, with his, um, uh, with the ability to disappear. Yeah. He's very good at all this stuff. He's the detective amongst the group. And we really only see a few vulnerable, real vulnerable moments, key vulnerable moments. Mm -hmm. Um, the episode where, um, the episode where, um... Aqua, Aqualad it has goes back to uh, Atlantis to figure himself out. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Batman was wanted to chew out Aqua, uh, Aqualad, but he dismissed Robin, and Robin got pissed off. Yeah. And then later in the episode, we see him at Wayne Manor, uh, like working out and getting pissed at himself. Mm-hmm. And Batman's watching him get pissed, and he sends Alfred to go get him. And then Alfred brings him out into a like basketball court, and Batman's like, "Let's." Let's do some hand-eye coordination training. You know, it's just one-on-one basket pickup game. Right. Which is like, okay, so you see, like, Batman, Bruce Wayne actually being a father figure. Yeah. Which is awesome. And then another vulnerable moment was where uh, the pro where they were in that simulation. Mm-hmm. The next episode where he, where Black Canary is uh, doing, like, being, like, their psychiatrist, mm-hmm. Robin's really the only one that's opening up. And he admits the fact that he doesn't want to be Batman. He doesn't want to make these decisions well, all the time. You can't imagine that, like he's been separated from Alfred from the long for an extended period of time, for the most part, because he's being part of the team. And you can't really open up about Batman to Batman. I mean, like he theoretically he could, he could just stand he there. Could. And, uh, the and, Batman in this universe, I think he could, right? Because we are we see him as the fa- like actual fa- fathering, right? But I think, and it's a be- because like. Batman could become theoretically boring that way that he never opens up. They we never hear we don't we don't hear any internal monologues, mm-hmm. and this could this could happen for Robin as well if he's just the the stoic detective amongst the group. Yeah, and this moment of humanization and opening up to Black Canary about the simulation that went awry mm-hmm. is a nice insight into him that he's like he's the youngest of the group and he's still a kid despite being growing up with probably one of the greatest warriors on the planet and he's the greatest detective. Yeah, and he's been groomed to fight crime. That mm-hmm. his whole like Red Arrow, he has a single purpose to do that. However, he's reached a point where he does not want to end up like Batman. Yes, like you said he, mm-hmm. he the tunnel vision is starting to is starting to fade away. It's like, all right, I have to become my own man. I don't want to become just a mm-hmm. robot uh, following orders. Yeah, and then the love, the last vulnerable moment we actually see is the whole Haley Circus thing, where he's so like he wants to essentially keeps Wally out of it because he doesn't want Wally to expose his past or anything on this mission mm-hmm. but it's essentially robin's mission to protect the the pure his the happiest moments of his childhood yeah it's that's really all he why he's doing it yeah and it's it's very telling that because he okay he's kind of moved the team off like out of the cave for several weeks to do follow Haley's circus and it's like okay where the hell are you guys yeah and it's like, I can't go to Batman with this because Batman will probably, I don't know what Batman will say and just something Robin had to do. Yeah. So 
Yeah, and it's the one connection he has left to his parents. Yeah. And so he's cherishing it and protecting it like any person would. Mm. Very much like how Bruce has with his family portrait or his parents' grave or anything. Or his mother's pearls, if he still has them in this continuity or not. Yeah. The things that he would protect like nobody else would. Mm-hmm. The same thing that Dick does for the Haley Circus. And for, for the when the episode started, I was like, why are we here? Like, I thought, yeah. I thought this was just like, like, I felt it was such a filler episode. But that emotional catharsis that we have at the end, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And that's all worth it. And I really enjoyed that episode afterwards. Yeah. At first, if your first time going through it, it's going like, what? This this is a filler episode. They couldn't figure out anything better than Haley Circus. Yeah, and then you learn more, and it's like, oh. as well as a theme that will come up with Superboy uh, soon, where we talk about themes of the show. Like that's pushed even further in that episode. Yeah. But speaking of the half uh, Kryptonian boy, let's talk about him. Yeah. So, like I mentioned before, he's the only one that doesn't have a past because he's literally, he's kind of literally seen him get born on the show. Yeah. Um, but he figures himself out. He wants to be, he wants, I don't think he wants to be Superman. He just wants to be acknowledged by Superman. Yes. Um, and he's, I mean, he's a hot headed character. Hot blooded, <laughs> checking the scene. I got a fever of 103. Come on, baby, do you do more than that? I'm a hot blooded, hot blooded. Okay, but he's hot. <laughs> I hate he's hot? you. Oh, he's <laughs> that Hansel's so hot right now. Hansel, <laughs> they're breakdance fighting. <laughs> I'll I'll officiate this dude boy with a sun, taking off sunglasses very awkwardly. Uh, but anyway, to walk off. Uh, <laughs> God, this is your pal Billy Zane. He's a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, we we've lo- we lost him. <laughs> what is this? A centigrade? It needs to be three, three times, times the size of that. <laughs> Superboy. Okay, uh, he, he's a rash person. He has a rash person. He has rash. That's terrible. I'm going to hit. I'm going to hit you with the microphone. <laughs> going, the audience is going to hear every bloody pulp of me, like pulling out your flesh and the blood dripping off it, and then the crunch as I bring it back into your skull. Mm. Glad we're mic'd up for that situation. I hear you loud and clear. What's your thoughts on Superboy, Tim? Well, I find Superboy to be interesting because him being kind of a test tube baby and he has no prior history before that. He is he's a computer. Like, if you take him out of the box, that's how I think of him as. And then his history, his browsing <laughs> history, he develops as the season goes along and he experiences. He <laughs> oh, yeah, goes on. <laughs> The pot, his pot opens, and it's a MacBook open. No, it is, it is, it is Steve Jobs' wet dream to make a, a biomechanical Macintosh. Instead, instead, of the Superboy logo is the apple. Instead, like Blackstreet with the red apple. Was the act designed him? They drove him around the bend. So, I mean, there was one point where they were talking about the, the, the relations, and he's in class, and it's like, oh, well, why does anyone know about the relations? And Superboy just, me, like, Wikipedia answered the entire thing. Like, <laughs> and you're like, exactly. Exactly. 
Like, even the teacher is like, ooh, we got a nerd. Yeah, we have a jack nerd, but he is a nerd nonetheless. Uh, but So, as a person who has no prior history, and that his origins are rather mysterious because he's half Superman's kid, and he's half Lex Luthor's kid. He is the evil bastardization of everything that that uh, Superman has in his life. Oh, he's, he's, so, he's so tainted. Oh, yeah, he is. I mean, like, oh, half Superman DNA, half, like... Like, Lex Luthor must have had, like, a hate boner when he's just like... Well, I, think, yeah. I, I feel like Lex Luthor has a hate boner whenever he has to deal with Superman. Like, he, whenever he gets a one-up on Superman, he's just like... It's like, it's like that old joke from the soundtrack about Free Willy, evil-gasm or something like that. <laughs> yeah, just eating the, the popcorn. It's like... It's like, like, I feel like Lex Luthor, whenever he gets a one-up on Superman. Yeah. Oh, boy, but is that, do you think that's the reason Superman knows that and that's the reason why he kind of rejects him? No, I feel like it's the, it's the initial shock of having a kid out there that he has to be responsible for while still balancing a regular life and being the world's greatest superhero. And Bruce, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I can't be the father. We're going on Murray. <laughs> I was going to say like. Superman, you are the father. <laughs> <laughs> And Lex Luthor is like he the mom. He obliterates him like fucking Zod and Man of Steel when he's like destroying everything. And that's like, that's what he does to the studio audience where he just vaporizes them. That's what starts uh, the BBS uh, fight in Young Justice that he vaporized God. Murray and his entire <laughs> crowd. Or you have Lex Luthor gets up and does like the I'm not the daddy dance. Yes. Well, he is. He's a, he is the daddy. Um, who is your daddy? What, what does, does he, he do? do? Um... But I feel like that realization does eventually have to come about. I think, like, because I think um, probably Bruce probably told him. I know we're reaching there. It's Batman. He had it. Yeah, he probably figured it out because he's like, all right, if he's half human, who the hell? Who's he has Lex's eyes. He does have Lex's eyes. You <laughs> <laughs> look so much like your father, except for your eyes. eyes. You have your father's eyes. <laughs> you have your father's chin and your other father's eyes. I'm sorry, what? Uh-huh. And Superboy at one point has to be like, am I going to go bald? He can rock it. Y- yeah, but like, that, like as we, I get... We don't know how he went bald in this universe, so we don't know if it's like... He's born that way? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not going down to the Lady Gaga sing-along right there. No, <laughs> that like if it was uh, exposure to kryptonite that made his hair fall out, or like in BVS where it just shaved his head and presumably just keeps his hair like that. Or it's just... Lex Luthor going out bald prematurely. Yeah. Or he's just, you know, like, fuck it. I have n- like, it hits puberty, all the hair falls out. He's like, okay. Just, yeah. gonna sh- just keep it bald. Yeah. But with Superboy going throughout the show, with him becoming, that he becomes less of a hothead. Not by much, but he still. Yeah, he learns how to control himself. Uh, I, you could assume that's because of Black Canary's teachings. Yeah. Or he, or just because like McGann is there to like help him through a lot of stuff. Yeah, relax, just do it. Oh, you God, know, we you gotta leave Zoolander. I'm sorry. Oh my <laughs> God, I didn't even think of it like that. My bad. I didn't. I, I didn't know. Like, I, I probably should put in parentheses. Young Justice season one review jukebox edition. At this point, <laughs> I mean, how many songs we've referenced in the past forty minutes? <laughs> has it been forty minutes? Yes, it has. Oh God. <sighs> Yeah, so Superboy, and I love the reconciliation moment between him and Superman at the end. Yes. Once he beats your shit up, it's like, it is, 
I'm 16 years old. I hate my dad because he's he doesn't understand me, and I got to beat the shit out of him. And we finally re- reached a, a, a plateau with our relationship right there. All I wanted was a Pepsi, and, and he wouldn't give, give it to me. Uh, just uh, a Pepsi. I want Pepsi. You're institutionalized. <laughs> You're the one that's crazy. You're institutionalized. <laughs> Uh, I, I am really concerned putting a jukebox in this shit <laughs> in the parentheses now. Nah, so but yeah, the Superboy you you enjoy you enjoy seeing him mature as the show goes on. Yeah, it, it really is. He does mature from episode one to the final episode. Or should we talk about his steroid use that his father gave? Him? Yeah, it's somewhat steroid-like use. Yeah, I mean, um, it it's very similar to the Batman Beyond uh, uh, the slappers. Yeah, what happens is that Lex Luthor reaches out. To Superboy, like I was, I was about to jump to the four tops there. Like, reach out, oh, baby. oh, I don't know that. I don't oh, know that man, song. Oh man, go down some Motown T- hits. Touching you, <laughs> um, touching me, yeah, yeah. Touch, touching. I believe the thing goes off. That he reaches out to him to give him these kind of Superman shields that. Of course, he of course he designs it to look like Superman sealed because like we got yeah. a hate boner moment right there. Yes, that suppresses his human DNA, so he's allowed to be full Kryptonian for a short period of time. Yeah, so the heat vision, flight, uh, stronger. He's stronger and faster. Yeah, yeah. And but the thing is, like, like Venom, when it comes to uh, uh, as a as a kind of like steroid that like he he does lose his shit a little bit when he's oh yeah he he becomes he gains more kryptonian power but he loses control of of reason and everything and restraint so he becomes more animalistic and becomes dependent on this yeah it becomes like a crutch where it's like oh okay with the Haley circus episode like that's yeah he gets his power straight like if there was ever a moment to use it he gets his power strain, he slaps one of these shields on, and he's back. Yeah. And even quickly, even, like, amongst the the uh, the, the team, they were raised their eyebrows like, wow. Yeah, but especially when he starts flying, and even Robin's going like, Duh, how are you doing that? Oh, maybe my powers just developed this way. There's something you're not telling us, Superboy. Do we have to get Green Arrow in here? <laughs> and, and at least, like, Superboy's a junkie! <laughs> you're... Half sons a junkie. <laughs> Oliver, will you stop accusing people of being a junkie? They're, They're everywhere. Junkie. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're addicted to calling people out, a ju- calling people junkies. He's, junkie, he's triggered. That's his triggered word. Uh, he, drugs are his trigger. I'm gonna walk junkie. Over. <laughs> I'm like, Queen Arrow, calm yourself, Martha. No. <laughs> Why did you say that name? And I enjoy the moment in BBS, but it, I will admit, it, it can be considered humorous and everything. It's more humorous that Lois Lane just jumps out of nowhere going, it's his mother. It's like, fuck you, bitch. You did nothing the last ten fucking minutes. Yeah, she's taking, she's in a helicopter from Metropolis over to Gotham. But that, I don't like that you, you don't You don't like the fact they're... They're neighboring, neighboring cities? No. Because every other medium, is like you have to take a plane from Gotham to Metropolis. Yeah, there's their own there's their own iteration of it. I know, but that's like still like the neighboring cities where Metropolis is one one side of the bay, Gotham City's on the yeah, other. San Francisco and Oakland. That's how they kind of rationalize it. That Oakland is Gotham, obviously. Uh, I don't know. It, just for me, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't say that Gotham's fucking New York now. 
Well, if you're going off Young Justice, no, it's actually New Haven. Yeah. Anyway. Last words on Superboy. I like Superboy. You, I don't know if people will be able to tell them. Like, Superboy, <laughs> just, I mean, we didn't really want to talk to him. I mean, we had more history talking about other shit. Than yeah, no, but I like, I like Superboy because you actually see his journey to actually becoming more of a hero instead of some, like, uh, angsty teenage teenager with daddy issues. Right. Speaking of daddy issues, Zatanna. Oh, God. I love Zatanna. As a general rule, the entire character of Zatanna I absolutely love. Um, in this show, you f- you fall in love with her because it's like she's a very she's smart. She's a quick witted, smart mouth kid, mm. but she's all she's so enjoyable to see how she works. Yeah, like when you first introduce you get introduced to her and they are hunting down uh, Red Tornado, mm. and they go, uh, "What's the scientist's name?" Um, oh, uh, TMR. No, the other guy, uh, the one that's in, pr- in Bell uh, Bell Rev. The guy with the monkeys. Oh shit! Uh, Professor um, Mara. Mara. No, because that was Tmaro. Oh, you're right. Uh, Does uh, control find uh, Professor? Yeah, it's because we have a fact checker open, and we want to make sure uh, uh, if we have anything to reference that we always have because computer. Professor Ivo. Professor Ivo. Yeah, so Sorry, when they're into the, the whole scene where the Professor Ivo, they're trying to make him talk, and he knows he's just like, Ugh, I'm just going to waste your time with me. And then Zatanna just slams her fist on the table and just does a spell, and he starts blurbing out stuff. Like, yeah, all the facts. And, 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 and he's, he's, he's like, looking at his own mouth going, like, Why am I doing this? Stop, I, I can't stop. stop. I can't stop. Stop. And stop. it's also funny because she can get Robin to act like Wally. He even admits, This may sound a little Wally, but. <laughs> <laughs> It is a weird way to phrase, but yeah, it's yeah. very, very much like that. And then, like when I mean, I, I absolutely love the episode where Zatara becomes Doctor Fate. That whole emotional roller coaster, and then you could see her the, the episodes afterwards dealing with that, and mm. you're just going like, "Oh my god, girl! Like, I'm here, I'm here for you." Yes. Oh, if I was Robin, I would totally be like so supportive right now. Yes, I'm just leaving at that because I bet you are. Uh, what are you implying, Tim? You have a hard on for Zatanna. Duh. Not that Zatanna. What? Not that Zatanna. Season two Zatanna. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I let's be that. honest here. There's Zatanna in this show is like what 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Season two, she's like 21, 22. Oh, well, I'm glad you wait till legal age to do. To, uh, I'm not a creep. Don't look at me like that. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> You're the one that probably has, like, hand lotion next to you with, like, I don't know. Look at my calluses on my hand. Do I look like I use hand lotion? Yes. No. It matches your skin cut tone. Fuck you! <laughs> Bastard. Yaffa. So, my feelings with Satana is that, um... It's interesting that we finally, like, because everything up until this point was grounded within a... A loose science fiction realm throughout the entire show. When we introduced to Zatanna, we get magic for the first time in this show in a in a ally. Yes, because the first time we see it is the Doctor Fate episode where they get the helm, uh, yes. helmet of fate. And and so having that on the team is a nice dynamic and makes it more uh, diverse amongst the team. And the fact that like Robin, like 
has interest in somebody other than the mission, whatever he's on. He's interested in, in a woman. He's interested in her. Yeah. And the, I mean, he's able to turn that off. Yes, because he's where he's able to maintain focus on he, the mission. Because he's not he tried, Wally. No, or or no, or even Superboy on a mission when McGann's in trouble. Yeah. He'll immediately drop whatever he's doing in order to protect her, mm-hmm. and even to the point that he's like, "All right, you have to let me be me." Yeah, there's now, that actual conversation about that. Yeah, and with Satana, and then she, she's the like first person we, well, not the only person who gets to suffers true loss in the first season. Yeah, yeah, the only character, yeah, really, the only character that suffers true loss because her. I mean, I, we don't really know her about her mother situation, but Zatara is. Dr. Fate now. Yeah, he's Dr. Fate. He's gone. Yeah. she moves, And then the League moves her into the cave. Yeah. And so I think it's a way, since so she shows up late throughout the season, it's a nice way for the audience to get behind her with that because you, because we've all lost somebody or something very important to us throughout their lo- throughout our lives. So, But she's we, not, but the, what the show does well is she's not just thrown in there like as a cameo character. She actually becomes an integral part of the plot. Yes. As the show continues on. Yes. And and it's like it gets to the point that you're just like, why wasn't she there from episode one? Like yeah. you kind of wish she was there from episode one. Yeah, not saying it's anything bad with any episodes when she's not a part of. It's just like you appreciate her more when she's a part of them. Yes. So loves Zatanna. I think she's a great addition to the team near the second half of the season. I agree. Um. So we will let's talk about Bumblebee really quick. Yes. So Bumblebee, we're, we believe it's Bumblebee. I believe that's. Uh, right. She joins the league. She last like two or three episodes. Yeah, she joins very the late. team because of uh, what's his face joins the Justice League. Uh, I forget his name, but like they were part of like almost like a group package when uh, she joins the team that her um, mentor joins the Justice League, and yeah, to go to read faster. I'm running out of shit to say. Uh, what you control find? I'm on her. I bet you are. I hate you. I know you do. Okay, it is definitely Bumblebee, but yeah. who's her partner? <laughs> they don't say because she works with Professor Palmer, the Atom, but that's not who she's partnered up with. No, but we, Adam is part of the Justice League, and, and yeah, like as you mentioned before, with him taking the picture with his Justice League card, it's hilarious it. because it's like it's like taking a picture with a giant check or something like that. outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> Shrieking's a power. But it's kind of sad. <laughs> Don't make me sing this entire song where you try to figure this out. I will. I will sing Aquaman's uh, song of terrorism I'm try- regardless. I, I'm trying. Like, literally, this is all it is on Wikipedia. Forget it. Fuck it. I don't know. She's paired up with some other guy. Yeah. Who's less interesting than her. Yeah, he doesn't do much. He's no. just kind of like a strong... He's just a strong man. Yeah. You don't see, she don't need no strong man in her life. No, she's a she's an independent independent woman. Exactly. And not much to say to her because we don't really experience that much with her, but like having that kind of me- another metahuman on the team is, uh, I think, is a, is a nice uh, addition because I think if you're going to play in that playground to have metahumans on the team, might as well have more. That's why I love the Suicide Squad to be able to have balance between humans and metahumans. Yeah, on the it team. really is not, now that you mention it, it's very one sided of, well, no, it's not really one sided because Robin. Robin and Artemis are the only two that don't have superpowers. Mm. So yeah, no, it's it's more hit, more metahuman heavy. Yeah, but I feel like, but and again, they're so hu- the characters are so human that it's like took me a moment to think like, okay, who actually has superpowers here? I mean, do you think is there? Do you consider Aqualad a metahuman? 
it, he has powers. He, does, right, he can, right, he right, can yeah, he, he, he has, manipulate he, uh, Warren's weapons. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Superboy is technically metahuman because well, he's no, he's not even metahuman. He's he's half alien and half, half human. alien. Yeah. So anyway. Your thoughts on Bumblebee, like whatever, like she's well, a fun character. Yeah. I mean, it's like once again, she's introduced the last two, three episodes of the se- uh, of the season, so you don't get much of her. Right. But when she's there, she's she's fun because it's like kind of like this is so cool. I'm part of the team now, and it's like the team actually has like some prestigious like like yeah. This is at this point, yeah. this is the triple uh, A of the Justice League, yes. essentially. So it's kind of like that's awesome. Yeah. And then she has so much enthusiasm for the team mm-hmm. and being a part of it, and just like, and it never becomes grading. No, she doesn't. Which is which could it could have easily done that, but thankfully it doesn't. No, yeah, I agree. But yeah, so but now let's talk about a character that walks between two worlds, between adulthood and childhood. Shazam! Shazam! Captain Marvel. <sighs> Wally, uh, no, Billy Madison. B- Billy Baston. Thank God damn it! If it was Billy Madison as fucking... As, Back to school? If, Back if to Billy school. Madison was a metahuman, that'd be very dangerous, because that means Adam <laughs> has fucking superpowers. Beauty Magazine Day! We gotta get you back to the zoo, Mr. Penguin! <laughs> Stay here as long as you can. Oh my god, he really... Cherish it! He's a child... He's a child personality in a man's body. It is Billy <laughs> Because peeing your pants is the coolest. <laughs> I gotta watch that movie. <laughs> That's, it's not my favorite Adam Sandler movie. It's not mine either. Happy but Gilmore's it, mine. Oh my god, Happy Gilmore is the best. Yes. Oh, that and the Warner Boy. Warner Boy is really good. <laughs> anyway, Shazam! So Captain Marvel, as he's technically is called Captain Marvel, but yes. some people also call him Shazam. I prefer him just to call him Shazam because it's just it's cleaner, no affiliation with Captain Marvel, who was the rival. He outsold Batman and Superman in the nineteen forties. Yeah, I mean he almost beat out Superman. Yeah, he was the, he was he was the response to Superman. Yeah, by um, uh, fuck uh, not. American comic books. Yes, that was the second publisher. I forget the first one. Fawcett Comics. Fawcett. There you go. I Which was, both uh, he eventually gets bought. He gets bought out by DC. Same the, thing with like, the Charlton Comics. Yeah, characters eventually end up with the DC Comics. Yeah, essentially killing uh, that that because yeah, I mean Captain Marvel was out taking Superman. Yeah, and once DC gets a hold of him, it's like, no, you're back in the cellar, bitch. Kind of. Sadly. Yeah. Anyway, your feelings on Captain Marvel in this season. Oh my god, I love him. Wiz Comics. Yes, they were, Wiz, I think, was the name, but the publisher was Fawcett. Fawcett. Okay, yeah. thank you. Because uh... National was the first name for DC Comics before it changed to become Detective Comics Comics, if you really spell it out. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I love him. Yeah. I mean, he is so... It's impossible... I think it's really impossible to hate him. Um, because it's a 10-year-old in a, in a superhero body. Wouldn't we all want that? That's every kid's dream, and he has the dream. I mean, he is... Uh, he has all these powers. Mm-hmm. Super strength, super speed, immortality. All that. And super, actually, super, super smarts as yes. well. 
the, a little the, naive, but yeah, no, but oh, I forget the because Shazam is actually an acronym. Acronym. It's like the Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Yeah, I only know that because I have Wikipedia open. Yes, I, I, I forget. Like it's like the the speed of Mercury, the uh, strength of it. Mm. I, I forget, but I am not gonna. I'm not gonna get lost up in, in up with. Uh, Trying to get the, the particulars with that. Um, yeah, and I love the fact that he's wants to be part of the team, and the team's and the team's kind of like, aren't you an adult? Like, shouldn't you not be here? <laughs> yeah, because he's that. Once Red Tornado kind of like goes AWOL, uh, Captain Marvel volunteers to be they're their den mother. Their den mother, pretty much. And it's like, why? Why is he here? And they're all like kind of suspicious of him. But you're like, okay, well, what's, what's his game? She's so. Happy to be there. Yeah, he's just like, oh my god, I'm with like, he's cl- he's, he's close to people in his age. More, he, I mean, the closest to his age is Robin. Yeah, Robin's only three years older than him. Right. So it's like, okay, this is kind of cool, and like, he's so fun to watch because it's just like with the brain. <laughs> it's like he's like, ooh, tiger, which he he always. Billy Batson has an infinity for tigers. Yeah, and then it's just like, it's like, I'm going to remove your brain. You are not going to remove my, my brain. brain. <laughs> and he's so matter-of-factly, and, but he's also very polite. And like you said, he's enthusiastic. I think that's like the one characteristic of him. He is a child's uh, enthusiasm. He's not like brash or anything. He hasn't yeah. reached that kind of temperamental stage where the rest of the team is kind of at, of being a teenager. Actually, he's, still, he's still kind of like a, like... Holy moly! Yeah, like leaping lizards, Batman. Yeah, but well, actually, one of my favorite moments in the entire first season uh, was um, he uh, the Halloween episode. Yes, uh, Miss Martian invited everyone to that di- the Halloween party, and she's like a zombie, and he comes up, it's like, "Oh, we match!" And it's Captain Marvel with just white face paint on. Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, is the Justice League having like a Halloween party too?" He's like, uh, "But uh, the dance, I thought." The entire team was going. Yeah, yeah, the entire team is going. But <laughs> and then like another like Zatanna and Artemis comes like, oh, is it, I didn't know the Justice League was having a party. He's like, you know what? Fine, I'm going trick or treating, and I'm not sharing my candy with any of you. <laughs> now, imagine like <laughs> Shazam being that size and knocking on people's doors like trick or treat. Like holy, holy shit. shit. <laughs> It's like it's, it's like if like the, the mental institution let Chief out or something like that to go <laughs> trick or treating at that point. I can't, honey, get the camera. Captain Marvel's here. <gasps> no, no, no. I'm a zombie, zombie Captain Marvel. <laughs> so you are Captain Marvel. No, uh, <laughs> just take the ball and runs and zips away. <laughs> and when they catch up, they just go Shazam, and it, it just goes back to Billy Batson, so nobody recognizes him. He went that way. <laughs> I just want an adventure of him on Halloween now. I, 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 can we make that? I think we can. Yes! We <laughs> so yeah, Captain Marvel. I love the episode where it's the, the world is split into two dimensions where the adults on one end and then the children on the other. And each respective end thinks the other people have gone missing. Yes. And he's the only person to be able to travel between uh-huh. two worlds when he says his catchphrase. So I always I like that with him going back and forth and have to... Consult one team and then the other. But that exposes his kind of like his secret identity to the entire Justice League. Yeah. Which then it's like, oh, well. Calls into the question if he should be part of the league because he's he's 10 years old. He's 10 years old and he lied to us. I mean, nobody knew. I I knew. knew. Of course you knew, Batman. Batman. 
I'm Batman. And, 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 and it also brings up an, an ethical question of, like, can Superboy be part of the team, theoretically only being a year old, yet he is the body of a 16-year-old? Yeah. No, it brings us a lot of, que- a lot of questions. Too many questions. Spock. Spock. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the major themes of this this season. Okay. You leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the themes I, I thought of, like, with other, like, teenage shows, it is the interpersonal relationships, obviously, as mm-hmm. well as the... Developing your own identity through kind of weird, like, activities, whether it be group activities. And I feel like one thing that, like, people have to deal with is kind of a form of drug abuse. And I think that with Superboy having kind of a steroid, uh, a their version of steroid abuse is something that I think it was nice that they highlighted. Yeah, which I, going back to where I compared it to Slappers from Batman Beyond, which was 100% steroid use. yes there was blatant that, yeah there was no th- no mixing the two up yeah. um they handled the drug aspect um i i wouldn't say they handled it great because like oh these things like will make him like stronger and everything like that and eventually he comes to realize that they're bad for you yeah but it's not like in one episode, like, he first uses them, and he's able to defeat the 100% pure Kryptonian clone. Yeah. So it's like, okay, where's the bad in this? Right. And then it's later, like, okay, eventually, later down the road, where he runs out of them, where he realizes he's bad. I he sees it as a negative right but, ha- but Well, I... Do you think the audience should have seen something negative about it? I right think away? he should have seen something negative other than, um... Other than Lex Luthor giving it to him. Because that was the first... That was the immediate negative part to it. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't share it with anyone because... Secrets. Yeah. Lex Luthor gave these to me. Everyone, everyone was like... What? what? I mean, everyone did when he yeah. finally revealed it. It's like, Lex Luthor is your father? So Superman and him got it up? <laughs> no. I uh, found my father! My father! Buy every connection there for you. <laughs> No, I mean, if you're going to compare the two because it's so blatantly, like, uh, Batman Beyond handled the drug situation a lot better than this show did. Yeah. But it still addressed it among teenagers to the point where it's like, this is a bad thing and it can lead to trouble. Yes. They didn't extend how bad it could go. Yeah. and I, I kind of, I'm kind of glad that they highlighted it in their own way, mm-hmm. and they showed there was a negative, and there was a price to pay, and that Superman, a Superboy, eventually overcame it. Yes. Another thing is uh, kind of an identity crisis throughout some of the characters, yeah, a lot of... and dealing with the guidance counselor, very much like a high school thing would do when they had to talk to Black Canary after <laughs> the simulation went awry. Yeah. No. I mean, every one of them has more, more or less, an identity crisis. Um, Aqu- uh, luckily not Infinite Earths. No, I mean Aqualads came really quickly in the series, but he was able to because he was in love with a girl. Once he figured out the girl moved on from him, he's like, okay, yeah, I'm a hundred percent on the team. Yeah, fuck Atlantis. Yeah, and he just I mean, swam away, eating tuna for the rest of my life just, just to spite everyone there. Kill the dolphins! <laughs> we just cut the footage of BP oil spill, and he's what causing it. Yes, yes. <laughs> God, that would be malicious. It's like Black Manta like thing, like us. Well, yes. We're gonna <laughs> cut that oil open. Yes, the fire rises. Dishy, dishy, basa, da, basa, da, basa. Uh, by um, the way, season two we get more Black Manta. Dope. So I get, I'm excited for that because more Black Manta in my life is it's, it's, yeah, exactly. 
I, I, I can't be angry that there's more Black Manta. No, he's life. such a good character. Speaking of which, uh, Aquaman, uh, the movie, just starts shooting this week. Oh, yay! Yay, so... I hope they don't fuck up that Black Manta suit. Then I, I have utmost confidence in that. <sighs> DC, I'm always a little apprehensive with. Even with their animation? Animation's different, because animation is like, okay, like, they've been hitting... They... Okay, in baseball terms, they are probably like a three. Oh, that would make no sense because they're no. In hockey goalie terms, they are probably a not a uh, uh, a nine twenty save percentage. So most of them, they're every a lot of their movies are really good with occasional shit. Hmm. So with the killing joke. We still got to review yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but so. Yeah, DC animation I prefer over their live action stuff. It's fair. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's flip flopped with Marvel. Their live action I prefer over their animated stuff. Their animated shit, their animated movies are horrible. Yeah, they're really rough. Yeah, but... I goes to show you where you could argue where the priorities are. Mm-hmm. But anyway, anyway um, are we talking about themes? So yeah, the identity crisis. I mean, every character seems to go through that. Maybe not Wally. Or can you argue Wally did with... Uh, he does mature. He does mature after... I mean, he also opens up his horizons after the uh, doctor... When they get the helmet. Yeah. Where he's like, okay, it's not just science anymore. It's yeah. There's actual just, magic. And, like, it's all playing to the character arcs for all, all the characters where they start to become the people that we'll eventually see probably in season two. Is all the seeds being planted here mm-hmm. to be paid off later. Yes. So... I really enjoy that, that these are not just, just like, hit the reset button at the end of each episode. That is heavily serialized, and we see these characters grow throughout, and I think that's something that's really important to the show, and I think that makes it stand out compared to the other DC uh, DC animated uh, TV shows. Yes. All right. So we'll start to wrap it up here. Your final thoughts on Season 1 of Young Justice. I loved it. I mean, I really do love Season 1. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times now. So, it's a good, it really is a good show, especially if, if you want your superhero fix. Mm-hmm. It's a good go-to because you, the characters are so relatable. Um, the tension does actually build up in some episodes. Other mm-hmm. episodes, you're know, like, okay. I mean, the worst part was probably the Joker character that they had. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean, there's a lot to like in the show. Uh, I just want to touch about one one last thing. The animation of the show is very comparable to some of DC animated movies. Yes, it's very it's very consistent, but it's actually very consistent at a high level. Yeah, it's not cheap animation. Whatsoever. No, it's not like uh, Batman the animated series or Superman the animated series or Justice League Justice League Unlimited, where mm. it's like that boxed finger, square jawed because yeah. so, like. If you have like easy animation or easy like characters to, to do, you can do more with them. Like because they're like oh, you can do they're more mendable. Pretty much. Yeah. Versus like the X Men. Yeah. Who were like ripped off like they were like pretty much like the Jim Lee X Men and they were just so yeah! constrained by their own muscles at that point. Yeah. Even but... even Professor X in his chair. And the King of Sam. <laughs> he looks like the King of Sam from he the, does! the The King and I. He does. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! 
why have I never thought of that before? Shall anyway. we dance? One, two, three. <laughs> My final thoughts on season one of Young Justice. I'm glad that I finally sat down to watch it. I do yes. not regret it in the least. I can't wait to watch season two because I have not watched. I watched like five minutes of season two and I was like, I'm going to stop it, do the podcast review, and then I'll, I can resume. Yeah. Just final words on season two. Season two or season one? Season, well, for you, before you start watching season two, let it breathe a little bit. Because the first, my first reaction. But if I let it breathe, they'll get away. What? What? Go on. Okay. There's something Tim's not telling us, people. I'm scared. Put that down. <laughs> That's okay. But no, uh, the first time, first time I saw season two, I was like, what the fuck? Where, where are they going with this show? Hmm. And then. Is it Meander? No, it just. Initially, it goes into a different direction. Initially, okay, it goes in a different direction, and you're like, okay. So I actually did. So I stopped watching season two initially, and then I went back to watch season two because I had to do my review, mm-hmm. uh, which you can find at dwdrawings.devenart.com. Uh, and watching through it, it's like, okay, it pays off. It's really inter- it becomes really interesting. Gotcha. So a little bit weird at first, but it'll pay off. Gotcha. So. All right, I'll, I'll keep it open mind going. But what are your predictions for season two? I know you wanted to talk about that. Initial predictions. So we'll see what he. Somebody's probably dead. That's what I'm going to guess. As somebody like because this mortality is the thing they're playing with. So somebody's probably dead or will die. Um, there'll probably not be some happy endings for people. There'll probably be happy endings for others. I'll probably fall in love with new characters. There'll be twists, there'll be turns. I mean, incredibly vague here, I know. Yeah, very vague. Um, they introduced Blue Beetle. Which I'm excited for, because, like, as my He's love, actually a very integral part of the season. That's cool. And as much as I've listened, because I've listened to a bunch of new podcasts going into other forms of DC characters, like, like the Justice League International from the 80s, or the Tales of the Justice Society of America. Um, so I'm finding out, like, just learning more about <clears throat> other characters like... Shazam, like Plastic Man, like Blue Beetle, in the very iterations of Blue Beetle, whether it be uh, Dan Garrett or Dan Garrett with two T's or Ted Cord or Jaime Reyes, etc., etc. So I'm all for, and I feel like there's such a rich history with DC characters that I just want to find out more about them. I just like consume, consume. I, I am, a, I am like a DC publisher's wet dream because I will buy their merchandise in in. Several iterations, I'm wearing a custom Batman Mask of the Phantasm t-shirt I just got. I mean, hell, I'm going to free comic book day this Saturday because I'm, Scott Snyder's going to do a signing. Because I'm like, all right, I want to I want to get another book of his um, signs. So I'm like, mm-hmm. because, I, because I have no life. Yeah, it's so okay. Season, I season two, I, I hope it lives up to the expectations of the first season. But then again... I know you have initial mixed feelings on it in comparison to the first initial season. mixed feelings. It, it all pays out. Okay. Um, but I mean, granted you also saw that the show was canceled after two seasons. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if there was, if there was something that you can point out in the second season that led to that kind of decision being made. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, can I just tell you this? Mm-hmm. The ending that last episode is so like, so good. Okay. So, all right then. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to it, and, I, and we'll, I will get back to you soon after I finish it. Yeah. So now that we're wrapping everything up, Dakota, if you want people to find you on social media and your 
things that you do, where can they find you? Well, like I said before, you can come uh, head over to my DeviantArt page at dwdrawings.deviantart.com. Uh, I have a bunch of comics, like our Pottercast comics that I've been posting of uh, Tim, Nikki, and I uh, have other comics of just day-to-day life things. Uh, I also post some of my reviews up there. Uh, you can also head over to my uh, blogger account, which I will cartoonbinge.blogspot.com. My latest review of Howl's Moving Castle is up. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I know. I heard that, that Miyazaki may not live the end of his next Studio Ghibli movie. He's old. He's I know like he's old. Ancient. I, and I think like... He smokes like three packs of cigarettes a day. Really? Yeah. Ew. Anything else? No. I mean, yeah, those are really the two things that I'm on. I don't really twit, tweet or anything like that. Oh, or your Instagram? Oh, Instagram is dweekend91 on Instagram. So it's a private account, so just... Follow me and don't take offense if I don't accept you. Okay. <laughs> you gave fair warning, so I guess we can't be too mad. Because it's like, who the hell is this person? Yeah. <laughs> Delete. Usually it's like uh, Tatiana Rosumero. With one follower. Your, with one follower. And they're just like, see my pussy at what? Yeah. Pretty much. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at TimothyRooney2, my Instagram, TRooney1012. You can follow this show's, uh, this personal show's, the Anything Goes podcast, on Twitter at GingerGeekPod uh, on Twitter. You can follow my Facebook and YouTube page where I post all my short films and podcasts under the same banner of Through the Lens Productions, where if you want to look up one of our short films, A Cowardly Lot is up, where it's just been accepted to another film festival, so we're excited. Woo-hoo! Hope we're hearing um, next week. We hear back if we're in the Stony Brook Film Festival or not. So, oh, sweetness! So fingers crossed on that. Hope everybody's enjoyed this podcast review of Young Justice season one. If you like this show, why don't you give us a five star review and, and write a nice review for us on iTunes, and so it can help get the word out, so you can spread the the, the entertainment to your friends and more geekiness to everyone. Exactly. If, if, once, like I know we we do this because we like to express to ourselves, but if we, we know there's people out there that enjoys our uh hijinks we'll definitely step it up so we're putting on you if you want more you gotta show a little love if you want more of my screeching it's a two-way street we're a saloon door it goes back and forth left foot right right foot foot, left foot (laughs) right foot so squint your eyes they make it think you're crazy (laughs) (laughs) so thank you for listening to this this is the anything goes podcast i'm tim and we'll talk to you again soon about more geek and pop culture see ya Ah!